everyone, Loremaster Sotek here, and we are back with another episode of Lorebeards, because it's Sunday, and so far, so good, we're somehow keeping up with a consistent schedule against all the odds. So, uh, we hope you all are doing well, and it's not just this, us, not yes, us this time, uh, we do have a special guest, uh, Nathan, would you please introduce who we have with us this week? So, we brought uh, my Twitter arch nemesis on, you know, Monsters Abound. Hello. Lovely to Hi. be here. Thank you for inviting me. We've been wanting to for a long time now. <laughs> uh, uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I've had enough sleep, but I've got a toddler, so that's normal. Just used to... <laughs> sleep. <laughs> sleep is <sighs> now one of, those, one of those relics of the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're just about to become a parent, then just enjoy sleep all you can. <laughs> Because you'll miss it when it's gone. Uh, I, I, I heard a very similar conversation uh, last night. Of uh, we, were, uh, we were celebrating my uh, 30th birthday yesterday, which was lovely. And um, my, there was a lot of reminiscing going on. And uh, that's, my father said something along the lines of that uh, sleep is just one of those things. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what your kid's personality is. It's just, it's just going to cease for, for a few years at least. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> well, uh, we are pleased to have you joining us uh, here today. Um, so we're we're going to be talking about quite a few things uh, later on the show regarding um, each of our histories with Warhammer because there's actually quite a bit there. And uh, but first things first, let's kind of get caught up with everybody. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and, and uh, uh, start with our guest, uh, Dan. What what have you been up to lately? I know most of us have been just buried in total war but uh is that is that all you've been up to besides just that and the taller i mean that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot but it, it is a lot yeah um yeah i'll be honest i've literally just been mostly playing warhammer 3 um and to be honest anytime i'm playing it i'm usually creating content i don't really have much to really have much time to do anything but record so it's just as well i do like the normal let's plays because otherwise i don't think i'd ever actually actually have time uh, to play it, but yeah, um, I've mostly been I've been concentrating mostly on Nurgle because he's my favourite Chaos God. So Good I've answer. been trying to, I've been, exactly, but I've been trying to dip in and pl play the other factions as well, just to get a general sort of good feeling about them. Um, but yeah, it's predominantly just Nurgle for me, just all the pus. All the <laughs> that that that's what <laughs> that's the the drawing call. Um, you've been enjoying the game so far, having having good experiences with it. Um, oh god, we can't review it, can we? It's can't it's, give it like a anything out of no, ten, but you yeah, can't no, say like that, I like these things about it. <laughs> I I like the things that I have done in the game. I think I'm safe in saying that. Great. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, how have you uh, been doing the last week? Tired. So, so much needs to be done. So little time. But. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, pick the right, right, the, the the wrong time to to quit pretty much anything. So yeah, <laughs> I, hey, I mean, yeah, that's a that's that's a mountain any day you take it. Much less when it's pouring down rain and it's covered in like it's like just up to a ninety degree angle. <laughs> it's such a such a hard thing to do. Really is. It's just uh, I didn't think that the. Uh, I didn't think that we were going to be uh, like busy with so many videos. So obviously, you know, quitting Red Bull, quitting energy drinks, quitting smoking, 
Ah, I'm so tired. But I've been doing the same as like uh, I'm sure all of uh, all of us have been doing. You know, loads of uh, Warhammer free getting videos ready and all that. Uh, just the usual stuff and slamming my head onto the desk because that's always fun. Yeah, I find that's pretty therapeutic. Um, mm. between streams Very. and videos. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Uh, over here things have been pretty pretty okay. Um, obviously celebrated my birthday yesterday, which was, uh, very lovely. Uh, we had a nice big stream about it. And then I spent the rest of the night with my family. Uh, I had intended to come back and do a night stream, but, uh, we did not wrap up family time until like 1230 at like 30 minutes after midnight. And I was just, I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to bed. Um, but, uh, it was, it was very nice. It was lovely. Uh, still get to see some friends and do some other stuff regarding that, but um, yeah, um, was a good week overall. Got to submit my AOS list for a big grand tournament uh, today for Age of Sigmar, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully that will be fun, and uh, my dice will be nice to me. But we'll see what happens the the date when the day comes. But, uh, so with kind of that out of the way, let's go ahead and hop into checking out minis for today for Tale of Two Gamers, which just a reminder for everyone watching that, uh, if you are participating in like the schedule that me and Nathan are keeping, there is a character model due next week. Um, not this week, but next week. What about that? That being said, uh, we have had some people go ahead and submit some minis. Uh, so feel free if you're following along uh, with the stream to just pull up uh, Twitter and go to hashtag Lorebeards and we will uh, be checking them out uh, from latest. Make sure you sort to latest. Um, also, fun fact for today is that I am <laughs> I am currently in Twitter jail at the moment <laughs> because um uh, so, you know, Rodrigo, are the, the lovely individual who does artwork of the Who Would Wins, Nathan. So he, uh, for my birthday, Hammond decided to be uh, cheeky and had him do a um, a somewhat inappropriate meme image about Elspeth Von Draken and Miao Ying. So I I jokingly tried to respond something along the lines of uh uh thank you very much for the picture but Hammond go jump off a cliff and Twitter was like I don't think so <laughs> I don't think so they put you in Twitter jail for that yeah, so I'm in Twitter jail for a week so uh if you're like hey it, it was like automatically caught which hilariously enough I want to note that I told Hammond I would strangle him a few days before that that was totally fine <laughs> but oh, on Twitter, but telling him to jump off a cliff, mm, that was too much. <laughs> that was that was that was past the pale. That's so weird. Uh, like... it's, it was just a bot. But uh, <laughs> it. So if you're wondering, hmm, that's weird. Why didn't Loremaster Sotek retweet Lorebeards is happening today? Uh, that's why. <laughs> also, Hammond, you're banned. <laughs> you're too big of a threat. All right, so. Uh, Let's check out today's picture. So first up, from Hunchy, we've got some Blood Bowl minis. Uh, we've got Griff Overwald, the classic special character from, or I guess star player is the uh, correct term, from Blood Bowl. I think this is his old mini, right? I think his new one actually has a helmet. 
And then he's also got a Octrin Glimscry from the Cursed City set, which I love this mini. He is such a good, like, Amethyst Wizard mini. Mm, very but pretty. They both look absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. He did a really good job with... I never noticed that Octrin is holding two books with one arm. Like, he's got a little book that he's holding, and then somehow he's managed to be in... I don't know how he's holding that other book under his hand while simultaneously holding the smaller book. Because I bet if I were to try that, it would not go well, and I would absolutely end up dropping that book. Yeah, that looks like he's about to slip out of his hand. Yeah, like, like he... He's, he's desperately trying to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, that's that's probably why he uh, his, like, melee stats are so... How is he... And he's doing it on the other side too, where he's actually holding on to the staff. But like, he must be pressing in his elbows as hard as he can. If, if you get to the second, it's like, is, it, is there like a little strap around it? He kind of strapped it to him. Uh, it's like a he, there has to be, because otherwise, this is like the strongest man in the game. Like, screw the ogre character. <laughs> like, this character would be the strongest just from the pressure he'd be exerting trying to hold on to those minis or those books. But it looks great. And uh, Griff Overwald also turned out absolutely fantastic. I mean, the face turned out really good. Like, he painted the lips. He's got pupils in the eyes. He's got eyebrows painted. He painted Griff with contrast paints, he says. Yeah, but, like, he looks awesome. Uh, it looks very, very good, especially under that lighting. I do like mm. that you went with a gold, a gold painted rim. <laughs> that, that seems very Blood Bowl appropriate. Mm. It does look very good. Yeah, that looks great. Awesome job, dude. All right, next up, we've got uh, Florian Noritio sending in some contrast-painted uh, Fecula Flyblown and the Worm Spat from Underworlds, which are such a fantastic little warband. Like, it's nice. There's only three models, but they each have, like, a massive amount of character um, and I really like Fecula Flyborn, uh, Flyblown as the uh, Nurgle Sorcerer. Because uh, she, she has much more of kind of that shamanistic feel to her than a lot of the other ones. Uh, but it's just, they're just such a great mini set. Like, yeah. they're, just, they're just gross. This is my bag right here. Although that guy on the right, is he wearing like a little G-string? Feels like... Uh, I bet originally it was something a lot more elaborate but due to uh increase in increase in mass i i think it has mm. basically mm. been reduced to g-string status yes <laughs> mm. i like it but so That's he can show kid. off all of grandfather's glorious gifts i mean look at all those like if, lovely if you got lovely it but uh yeah these look great i man, that cat the like nurgling cat thing <laughs> that fecula has like ugh. i don't know what it is but Definitely ain't what it used to be. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly mutations for a cat. Oh, well, I'm a fantasy fan because I've got this kit myself. Uh, it fits, all three of them fit very well on 25s. And you can easily cut off the spear of the one on the left and turn them into a banner bearer too. Because that's what I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those would be perfect. It'd give you two, like, chosen, essentially. Or I guess you could run them as regular warriors too if you wanted, but they'd probably look much better as chosen. And then, uh, of course, you get a... Nurgle Sorcerer out of Fecula, but looks great. It's a great kit. It's one of the best from uh, Underworlds lately. Next up, Rowan the Accused has returned, and he's got more Custodes. 
So we have a Blade Champion up first on the docket, followed by some bikers. And man, those, A, beautiful paint job. As always, his custodies every week have been absolutely fantastic and look great. Um, but does anyone else, when you look at the bikers for the custodies, did any of y'all ever see um, Atlantis, the old, I don't think it's, is it Disney? Or the old animated yeah, movie? Those look exactly like their speeders except for these ones don't have like the shark heads on top but like these look very similar <laughs> to, to those uh to the atlantis little biker ships they use in that movie i've not really been keeping up with the warhammer 40,000 stuff so seeing imperial guys on jet bikes is just like whoa that's that's taking me back oh yeah jet these bikes are... have been pretty hot this edition these are like uh, very, very strong Imperials. They're like Space Marines, Space Marines times two. Yeah, because they're like the, the Emperor's Guard, aren't they? Yeah, yeah the, the Custodes are more or less that. They're, they're an army too, I guess. Like four models. Yeah. I mean, they don't have much to do, really. So I guess they may as well go out and have fun on their speed bikes. So they probably don't get much time to go and drive around the palace. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they, maybe there is a secret derby. In the palace, but since no one can go in, nobody knows about it. <laughs> so that's There's two like, custodies outside. So they get, no, you can't go in there. No, Why? Yeah, no, it's too, uh, it's, it's too sacred. Um, <laughs> and just just hear like revving engines and people screaming in exultation. <laughs> so apparently, a full army of custodies, a two thousand point list, is twenty models. Jesus. Yeah. So they are they are ludicrously elite. Wow. But hey. Yeah, these look, these look, I love his paint scheme. It's great. Mm, um, that's really nice. Yeah, like, uh, we've, we've talked about it pretty much every week because he's had new submissions for this army uh, pretty much every week, but they look great and he's making excellent progress, much better progress than I'm making with my minis. Um, <laughs> but uh, we really, really appreciate these consistent submissions and man, they look good. They yeah, look they do. Very, the, blades, very good. the blades on the bikers look really, really nice. Yes. And I, I just, I, I just am always envious of how nice his metallics turn out. Mm. I don't know why they just, they're, I feel like they're way shinier than whatever I end up trying, but looks great. All right. So next, Oh, we've got a glad has sent in a new, a very cool kit bash. So this is supposed to be uh Lord Morse guitar. The, uh, Council of Thirteen, Lord of Clan Scryer. Um, and this is a gorgeous kit bash. Yeah. Like, oh, like amazing paint job, but also, com so it's Admech combined with Ikit Claw, I think? Or maybe yeah. the Warlock Engineer combined with Storm Vermin? That's something else. Those storm vermin are something else. Yeah, those storm vermin look fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, they're chunky too. Like, and the pose looks really, really good. Um, like, oh my gosh! And like, man, the lighting where like the green from the warpstone blades is reflecting onto their faces, and onto like the the lower parts of his little war litter, uh, which. Also, I love that it's on a fantasy base. Like, it's legit designed for fantasy. 
uh, that it's it's basically a I, I guess it would you would run this as like a Skaven warlord on war litter and just equip him with all of the clan scryer equipment you could throw on the dude, um, because you could give him like a warp lock, uh, a warp musket or a warp lock pistol and then maybe give him like a wizard's hat so he could still cast magic or something. But like man, this looks really good. This is a beautiful mini. I believe if you use the uh, Warhammer Armies project uh, rule set, you can also get a caster on a wallet or two. Oh yeah, that would be great. Oh my gosh, it's it's, it's models and paint paint jobs like this that make me feel inadequate as a person. I know, yeah. I know. This is why I this this it's stuff like this that causes me to pay people to do it for me <laughs> instead <laughs> of participating myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's these people's fault. It's it's their fault. It's the, yeah, it's not the my fault. It's their fault. No, their fault. That's yeah. It. How Listen, dare you be I, this good? I have incredible skill and time and materials. I just choose not to because why bother, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Goat Force, uh, who is sending in my favorite mini in all of AOS, Lady Ollander. And he says it's still in progress, but like, dude, if this is still in progress, I am kind of afraid of what it's going to look like when it's finished. Uh, but this looks really, really nice. And, oh, man, he's got alternating roses. Now I wish I had done that. I didn't do that. I just made them all the, mm, maybe I'll, maybe when I have some free time, I'll go, like, grab some shades and slightly change the colors on my roses, because I didn't do that. And that looks really, really good. <laughs> that yeah. looks really nice. Um, it is really nice. Yeah, he got a, man, this is much nicer than my Lady Ollander. Like, he got really good gradients on her robes and he also got really nice edge highlights uh and the the oh man look at the base the base looks sick you can see this like i i'm guessing he's uh but like the little thing where he's got like the spirit essence appearing on the rocks on the bottom ah that looks really nice some of the age of sigma models just look so good just and, and so flame? spindly Night Flame, what what is this? What? 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 Holy crap! What? I, I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> like oh, what? Holy crap! What is this? What kind of what kind of god tier over the top bullshit? <laughs> what is this? Level of this skill. kind of thing shouldn't be allowed. This no. This because there's there's occasionally where I'll, I'll go I've, I do have some models and I'm like I should I should get some paints and what like, is... and then I see things like this and I just go what's the point it'll never be that good yeah I I also want to note that like Nightflame is also like a freakishly skilled like artist on top of being a freakishly skilled painter oh my gosh holy crap dude this is this is disgusting I hate this I hate it I hate how good it is. I hate how stupid beautiful this is, and I don't want to look at it <laughs> because it's so gorgeous. Like, holy crap! Like, I'm I'm having a genuinely hard time believing that this isn't bioluminescent paint because the lighting is so good. I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate everything about it. He's the worst human in the world. Also, what's what when when did when did bases change, right? What was what's wrong with a bit of goblin green around the edge? Yeah, right. A little bit of 
scenery grass so what's everyone all, looks like they're fighting on a manicured lawn. Yeah, what's all this fancy shit? Like, it's ostentatious. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, can we please go back to Goblin Green and Speckled Grass? Goblin Green, exactly. <laughs> That's what we need. That's Get back to your roots. The sad thing is Goblin Green is a collector's item now. <laughs> you can't even buy oh, it no. anymore. <laughs> I'm so old. I'm quite yeah, awesome. if, you, if you have Goblin Green, it's like w worth way more. <laughs> It used to be because people are just like, give me that nostalgia paint. I have like a few of those pots full, like without a broken seal. You can still hear that it's still wet. And I've had people like offer stupid amounts of money of it. It's like, no, that's going to a special army. That's because they got bases to do. Yeah. yeah. No, well, dude, you gotta, you gotta like save that for a day that you like paint up like a fifth edition model army or something <laughs> but it's saved i've got it saved for my first old world army when old world gets its minis launched it's going to be on goblin green base bear we'll catch it nice. we'll catch it bear. that's what you need yeah this is man like yeah that that i mean that makes the zinch models in total war warhammer 3 look like garbage yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it really does i'm gonna be looking at my burning herald on cherry and be like man this is this is terrible why can't i have night and flames mini just set fire to it. It's not worth it. Yeah. The streamers with those red eyes, they look really scary. Like, I, I paid I paid for a new PC to give me a 3080 and I still won't be able to like have this in my Total War game. Like, what's the point? Why yeah. why? Why even why even I should just play it a potato because like <laughs> it's gonna be the same, right? Um and I think if we refresh our feed for lore beards, we have we, one, we have one last intro. Or no, nope. mm, we uh, were tagged. Oh, we were tagged. Yeah, but it doesn't show up for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, let's just. Oh, here we go. Well, you can just look at the bump. Oh, what's weird is I saw this on my notifications. I don't know why it's not showing up in the Lord Beers tag. That's weird. Whatever. Um, but from Bear, we've got Slick Slash, who was the first Slongor mini they revealed, and he's actually my favorite of the Slongor. Um, like I, I like the Slongors, but I wish they had more, a little more variance among them. Um, a lot of them just have double crab claws, which to me, like it's okay, but to me, it makes them a little too similar to fiends. Um, I, I actually prefer Slake Slash, where he's got like a one-handed weapon hand and then a crab claw. Uh, but this looks absolutely lovely. Um, I love Slake Slash. He's a, he's a beautiful mini. Um, I really hope we don't have to wait that long for Slanesh to get updated rules for Slongors because they are garbage <laughs> right now. But uh, man, they look good. And See, I've got I've got mine on because uh, I've got all these uh, obviously right, <laughs> and uh, I've got them on squares. I'm actually using them as a uh, as chaos spawn in Warhammer Fantasy. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they'd be perfect for Chaos Spawn, or if you're running like a slanesh themed Beastman army, you could use them as Minotaurs, and they'd do great. Because mm. um, they, they, yeah, they'd fit on 40s just fine. Um, I've not seen the Slangor yet. I've seen the, the Zangor? The ones yeah, from... got, they've got Zangors and Slangors in Age of Sigmar right now. And then if you play Bud Bull, they've got Korngors and Pestigors, but there's no crossover nice. yet, which is so <sighs> annoying. <laughs> I hate it. Like, come on, beast, GW. They always get forgotten. I know. I was, me and Nathan were talking about, we were both super butthurt when uh, they released the Magikin book for the, they, it just came out like last month and there was no Pestigors for this edition. We were like, boo, from the, from, from the stands. 
That's oh, I never that's noticed coming. that he's got a Slanesh symbol like carved into the flesh of his back, but it's very noticeable on this paint sculpt. It looks mm. very good. I mean, it looks awful, but like in a good Slanesh way, awful. Yeah. Looks great, man. I love I love the color scheme you went with too. Teal, gold, pink, and purple. Works very, very nicely. And also, yeah, someone in chat's right. He does he does have a bizarrely adorable tail. Like for how ferocious a slongor is, like the tail, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. And then the rest, you're like, oh, but it's also a goat man wearing BDSM leather. So. <laughs> but yeah, it looks great. All right. So that is going to be it for minis. So just a reminder, uh, a new character mini will be due for everyone. Um, someone, yeah, tail in quotation marks. Quiet. <laughs> Y'all behave over there. Um so uh let's get into who would win i was like what what is the <laughs> what's what is the thing we do every week um so uh we're gonna have a fairly brief who would win um uh because there's a lot of other stuff to get onto today but uh today should be interesting because we're doing something a little different um when we st when i st originally started who would wins back in the day um which i'm so glad i don't have to do those by myself anymore um, and that they're part of Lorebeards, which I think is a much nicer experience. They, uh, we, when they originally started, we specifically made them to only be about matchups that like never happened. But I, I think that that's a little limiting because there can be really good discussions had about, um, matchups that have happened, but talking oh. about maybe if we agree with how they went down. Or wait, wait. if we disagree, you good? You, you froze. I froze. You look good now. That's weird. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're fine. Okay. We're fine. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, no, you're all good. So today's matchup, um, which was uh, suggested uh, by our guest, and I think it's a great matchup because it's probably the honestly the best mutual rivalry in warhammer fantasy because there are a lot of rivalries that sometimes are a bit one-sided or there's like more characters involved uh so today we're going to talk about kazrak the one eye versus boris not that boris boris toddbringer <laughs> not the boris of the hour the other boris <laughs> the... we should have done the other boris just to mix it up <laughs> um hmm I mean, we could do a last second change. I don't, I'm indifferent. What do, what do, you, what do you think, Nathan? I'm confused as to what he meant. Did he mean Boris versus Boris or? <laughs> well, okay, no, I mean, now, versus... now uh, uh, what about Kazrak versus Boris, but we pull a fast one and say Boris Ursus. Just, <laughs> just to mess with everyone who got excited Just that we're Boris. talking about Toddy. Just to ruin all the Toddy fans' days. Because let's be real, Toddy is always the 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 bridesmaid waiting never the always the bridesmaid never the bride that's toddy <laughs> yeah it's, uh... toddy who he's not even in total War warhammer so yeah like really uh, I, I like mm, he almost was emperor but he wasn't carl franz was he was almost playable but he wasn't carl franz was he was almost playable again but no it was the other boris <laughs> yeah sorry chat we're gonna do best boris um <laughs> Oh, Battle of the Borises. Man, there's like, there's going to be like three people who are so angry. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so um, let's do Kazrak the One-Eye versus um, Boris Ursus. Uh, well, uh, how give the intro. I'm going to get the supplement. Okay, cool. Uh, for this matchup, um, we will be, uh, just to keep things stable, I think, we are going to be allowing Kazrak to have his uh, Total War upgrade. So he's going to be riding a uh, Razorgore Chariot into battle. Good, I'm glad you have that book, because I don't on my shelf right now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, because you keep it keeps your green screen's like I'm trying to focus on like the closest thing, man. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so uh, we are going to have Kazrak the One Eye. So everyone in this chat uh, should be, I would hope, familiar with Kazrak. Uh, he's actually a very beloved character by a lot of people. Uh, Dan uh, had noted him as a favorite character, and I of course love Kazrak very very much. Um, but who? The, to give a brief rundown of Kazrak, Kazrak is the most devious beastman we've ever had to deal with. He is a specialist when it comes to ambush warfare and is significantly good at getting surprise assaults on his enemies, which in a who would win, maybe we'll give him a little bit of edge in starting the throwdown, uh, but isn't going to give him uh, a ton of assistance in these big one-on-one -on -one scenarios. But Kazrak, being a beast lord and a big one at that, is a very, very skilled fighter. He's tough, he's strong, he's fast, he can hit like a truck, and he's uh, brutal, especially when fighting against humans. Uh, beastmen find humans to be their most like hated uh, adversary, uh, especially the humans of the civilized realms, though they also hate you know, the warriors of chaos. And Kazrak is no exception. If anything, he hates the humans of the old world more than most beastmen. And his hatred is such that his fury is going to be higher than it would be in normal matchups. So he's going to be even more dangerous against Boris than he would be against, say, like, Skarsnik is just a random person I pulled out of my head. Of course, he doesn't come in alone. He does have his famous magic items with him, most notably his Scourge, uh, which I always want them to make stronger in Total War, and they never do because they like hurting me. But, uh... <laughs> Nathan, I just, I, I love that your green screen, open. your green screen <laughs> stayed very focused on you that entire time. So you just that had this like Spider-Man three level walk or jolt back to the, back to, I don't know if you thought you were invisible, but you weren't <laughs> just to, just to be clear, you, so just, just so you know, um, but like a jaunty uh, goblin strut. Yeah, that was, was uh... that was a jaunty strut. Uh, Dude was, he's, I don't know what he went to get, but he was happy about it. Uh, I gave the piece of book. Oh, <laughs> sure you were. I don't know what other book you're hiding in that book, but yeah. Okay, right. Uh, so uh, we've got Scourge, which is, of course, this horrifying whip that has been cursed. It's got all these nasty venoms in it. It's been cursed by multiple Bray Shamans. So that should you be struck by it, uh, it just does horrible agony. Like it is basically just a weapon of pure pain that is designed to kill you very quickly. And the thing about this weapon that I actually really love about Scourge is it wasn't created like in a single day. Like Kazrak didn't just get this weapon and it was originally his. It actually was passed down to Kazrak over many generations of Beastmen with different generations of Bray Shamans putting their own curses 
of dark magic on it over these multiple generations of beastmen. So it's kind of this heirloom that is a very, very nasty, dangerous weapon if it can manage to cut you. Um, you really don't want to deal with it. Uh, and most notably, um, it, uh, interestingly, uh, is basically like being hit with a poisoned weapon. Um, it hurts. You don't want to be hit by it. It's not a fun time. Um, but then Kazrak, unfortunately, has his unfortunate, his infamous, I, it's not famous, but his infamous armor set, which is the Dark Mail. Um, which the Dark Mail on Kazrak is a great set of armor. Um, it's very ancient. It's chain mail, which for Beastmen is very impressive. So it does actually afford him quite a bit of protection. Um, it makes him very, very difficult to wound. Um, however, actually, I'm, what am I talking about? C Man, CA, how could you do the Dark Mail dirty like this? How could you do the Dark Mail dirty like this? So I just want to point this out for anyone listening in chat. So the Dark Mail in the lore only works against one thing. Now, if you've played Total War Warhammer, I bet your answer is going to be, oh, I know the Dark Mail. It sucks in Total War. Turin always talks about how it sucks in multiplayer. It's good against spells. Nope. That's not what the Dark Mail does. The Dark Mail is a horribly enchanted ancient suit of chain mail that makes it that when enemy races, or, well, it doesn't matter who the enemy is, but when someone gets close that has an enchanted or runic weapon, it even specifies runic weapons included, the magic fades away from their weapons. So their weapons become mundane. So it actually prevents magical weapons from striking Kazrak at their full effectiveness. They're just like, a, you know, the Star Lance of Enric would just be a regular lance. Or Galmaraz would temporarily just be a basic hammer. Uh, though knowing the lore of Games Workshop were to write it, Galmaraz would be hitting at full power. But that's Kazrak. And he will be taking a Razorgore Chariot into battle so he doesn't get ripped in half by Erskine right at the start. Uh, he has uh, a fighting chance because it's pulled by a giant, horrifying Pumbaa, or Pig Beast. Uh, and they are mean, they are big, they are roughly almost bear-sized. Not quite, but they're up there, and they're just very spiky and nasty. And Nathan, would you please run us through Boris Ursus and his kit, what he brings riding into battle? Okay, so um, we have Boris Ursus, the Red Czar. He has the armor of Urson, uh, apparently forged many, many years ago on one of the holiest days of the cult of Urson itself. It, it's quite a good armor set, not... Uh, well, then again, it's fantasy. It's a shit armor set. It's only a 4+. plus. But... Nope. Uh, Don't worry about the numbers. We're just, we're just talking up. I know, I, I know, up, I know. <laughs> I'm looking at stats and I'm like, oh god, why? Uh, but this also allows him to attack faster too, it seems. Well, get extra attacks in. He's got the Shard Blade too, which is his... Can we call that a halberd? Yeah, I, I think a halberd's fair. Yeah. Glaive, a powerful halberd. Glaive. Glaive, Glaive, yeah, that works. Uh, which actually makes him really powerful in terms of strength and any uh, anything that... Uh, he actually does even more damage. Oh, actually, why, never, why didn't I ever feel this? Sorry. I'm just thinking why I never feel this now. It's actually a decent set. <laughs> okay, so uh, powerful glaive, powerful armor. Is he mounted on Erskine? He should be, right? Yes, obviously he'll be on Erskine. So, so he has a magical blade that enhances his strength. Does it do... And it, if he cuts you with it, it hurts more? 
It turns your ice, your blood to ice, etc. You're gonna, you're gonna take a toughness test, which would then make you deal additional, uh, additional wounds. Yep. Okay. So we've got Boris Ursus, the big man himself, the Red Czar, the Ratty Boka, the greatest Czar to ever rule over Kislev, a glorious warrior whose literal only downside is that he was too Kislevite for his own good. Fought, smashed his way into a Chaos Army far too deep, and by the time he realized he was overextended. Uh, like many of us who have played Total War, it was too late. But he did manage to fight his way back to his army before he eventually died of his wounds. Uh, though, of course, in Total War Warhammer, you can change destiny, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So that's the matchup. We've got Boris with his enchanted armor that does protect him very heavily and also invigorates him to fight harder than you would expect a man of his age and size. Uh, and he, of course, has his famous blade, the uh, Ice Shard, I think. Which shard blade. Uh, shard blade, shard blade, which uh, enchants his strength, makes him stronger, uh, and if he were to cut someone with it, it causes the ice, their blood to turn to ice. However, we have to remember that Kazrak's dark mail will negate that. Kazrak's dark mail, once him and Boris start battling, uh, that ability to cut Kazrak down and make it where he would, you know, potentially freeze to death. Uh, internally, will not actually aid him in this battle. And its ability to even enhance Boris' strength will be fading in the battle. So, with that being the matchup, and of course, Erskine is just the best bear. He is best boy bear. He's he's like, a, just he's such a good boy. We love Erskine. Um, he's just the biggest and baddest of bears. But, uh, so that's the matchup. Uh, I think we are uh, ready to go ahead and start the polls in our chat. But first, we're going to hop to our desk... Dan, Dan, what do you think about this fight? Who, 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 who whose side are you on? Well, obviously I'm on Kazrak's side because Beastmen <laughs> are my favorite immediately. However, I will say that obviously Boris does have one big advantage over Kazrak, which is depth perception. Because of course Kazrak, oh, with only only one eye. If Boris comes in from the side, Kazrak's not going to see him in time. Um, but Kazrak is a master ambusher, so maybe maybe he's a little more <laughs> only from the front. That's only why that's front. why he's so big on ambushing. He knows they have to be right in front of him, otherwise he's not going to see them. <laughs> exactly. See, see, this is the problem. Um, but I, I also don't think Kazrak would fight fair because he's a beast man. So obviously he'd be like, let's let's go one on one, and then he'd be like, you know, a little whistle. Suddenly the best of gores come in from everywhere and just pile him while he's making sure he's directly in front of him so that he can't sneak away. But obviously, I'm Kazrak's side here because Beastmen were always my favorite, my favorite band of boys, despite the fact that they were always forgotten. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Look, they they were decent for like two months in during the end times. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that makes because... it all better then. <laughs> well, I, they had like one good list you could run in Eighth Edition. So. Uh, with who would wins, uh, we kind of uh, we we will be preventing bodyguards or um, reinforcements from aiding these individuals. But uh, it seems that Monsters Abound is he's staying with his boo. He is he is a hundred percent all in on Kazrak, which I can't I blame him. I can't blame him in the slightest. But uh, Nathan, what are, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh Kazrak doesn't have his uh, Kazrak doesn't have his dog, right? He yeah, he does not have Red Maw. All right. Uh... As much as I, I come on, CA, give us, give us a red maw. At least give us like a follower <laughs> that buffs him a little bit or something. You know, with Boris, to be honest, because uh, to be honest, comparing the both, yeah, he would be fast on the chariots, which I'm assuming, yeah, he does have, right? 
Casual. Yes, he would be on his chariot, uh, which does make... But Racer Gores are not super, super quick. Like, they hit hard, but they're not as quick mm. as Razor Gores would be. I'm going by law definition, uh, probably Boris, because considering, look, Boris himself and Erskine, both of them are very powerful in their own right. Erskine, didn't Erskine, like, fight off a Chaos Warband as he's protecting Boris for, like, the majority of the time, too? Uh, er Erskine has, like, never lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think ever. <laughs> I think Kazrak would have probably had the one, the win if he had some backup, but by himself, he won't be able to ambush. He won't be able to do everything that he's known for. Uh, yeah, you would get rid of magical armor and so on and magical weapons, but there's a big bear, like a really big bear. He's, I, I, I think he, Boris wins, in my opinion, because of the bear. That, that's, to be fair, that is a big bear. Yeah, that, it is. Yeah. You know, that is a giant bear. Which is very that's that's a fair assessment, I think. Um I ooh. See normally I always go contrarian to Nathan and try and explain how I think it would work. But now there's like a tie, but I think I I think I'm just gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my heart. And I think this is gonna shock people in chat. Uh, but I'm gonna go Kazrak. And uh the reason I'm going Kazrak, I think, is because of Boris's nature versus Kazrak's nature. Kazrak is a sneaky son of a bitch who I think would realize very quickly as soon as he saw Erskine that, you know what, charging straight head on and just like fighting this out, probably not going to be my, uh, my best move, but, uh, using the chariot and doing what he can to keep Erskine in a mobile fight. So like the chariots riding along, I think Boris would keep pursuing. Because that's what Boris does. Like, Boris, he's aggressive. He's the ratty Boca. He doesn't give a damn. He's just going to keep going. Him and Erskine are going to feel very invincible. And they're going to be going all in to try and bring Kazrak down. Whereas Kazrak, I think, would draw things out. And constantly be using Scourge to just keep landing blows against Boris and um, Erskine over and over and over as they're constantly running along. And Kazrak's armor is actually vastly superior to Boris's in a matchup like this, where Boris relies, I think, more on the power that he gains from the Shard Blade versus Kazrak, who relies more on his raw abilities as a beast man, just further augmented by Scourge, which Scourge would allow him to be striking both of them simultaneously. Uh, being this whip that literally lashes out and is capable of hitting like entire groups of infantry basically everyone that's near Kazrak all at once um and I, I think that he would wear boris down until he got to a point where he could bring the chariot around and have the razor gore slam into erskine and wound the bear and i think the moment the bear was heavily wounded enough to be taken out of commission or was uh at least slowed down enough i think i think Kazrak would be able to take them down but uh but like with all who would wins, I, I do think, not all of them, but many of them, uh, I think this one's actually a pretty close matchup. And uh, I, I genuinely think you could go either way. Uh, I do think that if you put them, the two of them, in a very tight arena and we're like, fight each other, no, no, just just fight. Like, you're not allowed to move around, just fight. I, I think Boris would utterly dominate because of Erskine. But I don't think Kazrak would play that way. I Like, Kazrak, Kazrak's no fool. He's lo he's lost too many eyeballs for that for that nonsense. <laughs> he learned his lesson. He already he's already gotten whipped by one Boris. Um, all right, but uh, my poll just wrapped up, and we have 
Chat said that Boris Ursus would win. 77% of chat went for Boris Ursus. Only 23% went for Kazrak. You've got 69. Nice for nice. Boris. Nice. Um, <clears throat> keep in mind, because <clears throat> I was going to use this as a counter argument now. Um, when, uh, when the Tsar was taken down himself and Erskine had to defend him, he was basically fighting Kurgans nonstop. These are skirmish fighters. If he can take on an army or a warband of, sk of skirmishers, he can take on one beastman. Hey, well, it sounds like most of chat agrees with you, which, once again, that's a fair point. Frankly, I think I was robbed. Kazrak should win. <laughs> yeah, my, chat's, my chat's declaring me a heretic. <laughs> um, this trick right. just throws you off. So then you see the prices of the old days. It's weird. Oh, don't look at those. <laughs> They're, they're gonna they're gonna make you upset. Don't look at them. Um, yeah. So let's go on to our next topic: GW prices and inflation. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, gotta you all. <laughs> um, all right. So um, we're going to head on to kind of one of the big topics for this week, which I'm sure a lot of people in chat have been eagerly waiting for, which is of course, Kitslev. So um, all of us have been playing the game because we are very, very fortunate, and we appreciate CA for sending us those early copies. Thank you very much. Uh, let's let's start with our uh, guest, Dan. Have you had any time to kind of jump in with Kislev, or uh, even just you know, slapping them around a bit? Yes. I mean, I slap them, because obviously I'm playing Nurgle a lot. Um, I do tend to... They do like invading. They, You know what? I think they're actually <laughs> the empire of, of Warhammer 3 in many respects, because you leave them about 100 turns, and suddenly they own all of Kislev, all of Norska, and they have, like, 20 stacks currently heading towards you. Yeah, they, um, they can become a bit of an infection pretty quick. Yeah, which which for Nurgle is a problem, because really he should be the infection. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so normally what I tend to do is, like, try and squish them ASAP, because if you leave them, they just seem to be, uh, seem to overpower. But, um, having played them, uh, I, I, you know, I thought I'd like Kislev more than Cathay, but I actually think I prefer Cathay to Kislev. Really? Do you have any like thoughts on why? I I think it's because the the dragon siblings um, fight like they're Mortal Kombat characters, <laughs> and I kind of love that. So so it's more um, of a stylistic thing. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, but you know, when when you see a dragon swoop down and rain swords from above, you're kind of like. That's pretty cool. And I know Katarine can do the whole ice Elsa type thing. It's just not as cool as like, you know, flaming kick someone in the heads with a roundhouse kick. That's pretty <laughs> cool. I have to give that to them. Mm. Um, but I do I I do love Kislev. I love the fact that every every one of them seems to be packing heat. Uh so your entire army just unloads. They have a very is. realistic roster for dealing with chaos. We're just Pretty much everybody has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that's that's quite a pain to deal with, um, but it is very cool to play. You know, even your like you know front line tend to have sort of like some shots available to them, which is really nice. Mm. And I think generally, I, I really like the mechanic of having like the big cities, and then you're sort of like you have the, like the the big cities, and then the wilderness almost like those little minor settlements which never become proper settlements they're just sort of like there to support your main settlements so i really like that um i like their their rosters fantastic the, the only slight problem i would say is that i think they just make the empire look like garbage which <laughs> um 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with uh, some of the points. Um, like I, I do think that Kislev's system of having just three major capitals, and that's it. And they're like single settled provinces, right? So they're just these super cities. And then they're just surrounded by the little, the little settlements out in the Oblast. That is such a clever way to make Kislev feel... Man, I feel like a game reviewer. Playing Kislev makes you feel like Kislev. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it really does give you that really great feeling of, okay, I've got literally three bastions of civilization that pseudo-reliably, poor Prague, have held out against the forces of chaos. Meanwhile, everything else is basically like the super ancient tribal settlements or really, really small stanitsas or um, uh, villages that are barely hanging in there <laughs> or they have to get rebuilt every few years and um it's it's an interesting feeling because it's it's more like okay do i use these small settlements um the the dilemma that i've genuinely felt when i'm playing it is like oh do i use these small settlements to try and get access to maybe some of like the only like max at tier three military buildings just so i don't have to waste a slot in my major city for that or do i build them purely for my economy and have them like lots of farms, because the farms don't make a lot of money. But if you spam the farms and the windmill buildings, the windmills increase the percentage of farms like um, in that region. And there's other buildings you can get like faction wide increases. So it can start to like um, um, steamroll. It can start to snowball up and you can actually get a surprisingly good economy from it. Or do I build devotion buildings so that I can just ramp up supporters? Uh, which I don't know about YouTube, but um, playing as um, Katarin or um, Kostaltin, did y'all have any success with the supporter system? Out like I found, at least in my playthroughs, I had to spam devotion buildings because trying to build supporters through the invocations, I, I just like I would get like left in the dust by the AI if I tried to do that because I just it could not get enough devotion to keep those invocations going. So I've tried it with uh, different uh, difficulties to obviously test it out for, for my videos. And it's kind of like you have to use both, but you have to be really on top of it. And then you also have to use your devotion and your money to get rid of their supporters too. It's, it's a lot of micromanagement. Obviously, many of us, like we'd be used to this mechanic because this was the same one from Troy, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, the same one that Hector and Paris... Yeah, so we'd be kind of used to how to do this, more or less, but it's still, like, because you can easily forget about it. You can easily forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the idiot that didn't play Troy, uh, which I, one of these days I need to rectify, because I'd, I'd like to try it out. The mythical mode looks fun. But, um, yeah, I I actually lost. the Like, I was genuinely trying to play it as hard as I could. Like, I was going for invocations, and I was like, okay, I'm about to take some settlements, so I'm going to do the invocation of Ursin, so I'm getting five per settlement. Oh, I'm going into the realm of chaos. So I'm going to do the invocation of Tor. So I'm getting two supporters per battle, and I lost. Like, <clears throat> um, so I was... what happens when you lose? So if you if you lose, um, the AI, the other AI faction becomes impossible to confederate. Um, so you cannot confederate them, and you can't declare war on them either. Um, so basically, like they're just there forever, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like you can make a military alliance with them. Um, so they could be your ally, so they won't block you from, like, winning the campaign, even if you're doing, like, paint the map, necessarily. Um, but if you lose, 
yeah, like you, you missed your shot. But like for me, it was kind of funny because like I lost the race and then like the the God Slayer just immediately rolled up and like brutally murdered Kostalton on my doorstep. So he was no longer a problem. <laughs> nice, that works. Yeah, but um, but my second playthrough that I played pretty much all the way through with Kostalton, I, I just, I literally just spammed devotion buildings. Like every single minor settlement, I put the little church in um, and upgraded it to tier three as fast as I could. And I won the race by a landslide because yeah. the, the supporter, the building, the religion building will generate one supporter every turn. Whereas per building, whereas mm -hmm. if you do like an invocation, you're having to spend like a hundred devotion usually to get like, oh, you get one supporter per building you finish. <laughs> like, all right. So, or like the only one that I think's honestly good is using Urson on turn like one, because yeah. you're going to be conquering like an entire province in your first few turns. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that's rough is I think uh, Katarin actually has a bit of a downside compared to Kostalton because Kostalton starts not in any of the major cities, right? He starts just in... um like Castle Alexandrov, um, which is not a major city. And he just has to take what's left of his province from the Ungol Kindred. Um, so he only has like three little fights that he's done. Because the thing is, every time you fight a Kislevite faction, if you win a battle, or if you just fight a battle against Kislevites, your number of supporters goes down. So Oh yeah, you're, you're right, yeah. Yeah, so if you're playing as Katarin, you start off with Kislev City, so you have a whole province, and it, the game starts you off at war with another Kislevite faction who have an entire province. Yeah. So you have and to. They have Prague too. Yeah, and they have Prague. So like, if you're playing Katarin, you have to kill them as fast as possible, because the longer you wait, the more you're just nuking your own. Kostalton has a huge advantage in the race, because he does not have to lose as many supporters as Katarin does. Which sucks because you obviously want to own everything, especially if you want to unlock Boris. Because to unlock Boris, um, you have to own Arangrad, Prague, and Kislev for ten turns. But if Kostalton beat, if you're let's say you're playing Katarin, you start with Kislev, which is great. But Kostalton usually gets Arangrad very, very fast. So if he beats you to Arangrad, the only way you can get it is either an AI faction has to kill him for you, or you have to confederate him. Otherwise, you will never get Arangrad. Yeah, that's a problem. Especially because you only get those three cities, don't you? Yeah, and if you play as Kostalton, Katarin starts with Kislev. So either you have to wait for her to die, or you have to confederate her. Um, so, like, like you you want to win that race. <laughs> you really don't want to lose that race. Do, do the followers do anything after you've won? Yeah, they, the... they give you faction-wide buffs. Um, they're not, okay. like, insane, but it's like... I think it's like... Not, like once you're at 100 supporters... I think you get like you get a like nine leadership, like ten percent speed, and some other kind of um, buff, like faction wide for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's That's definitely it. helpful. Yeah, it's it's not a case of you sort of win the political battle and you're like, okay, torch the churches and build windmills yeah, in their place. Yeah, well, I mean, you you could do that, but the churches do generate devotion. So once mm. you have enough churches, you can actually spam invocations, which give you some really sexy buffs. Like, I love yeah. them for the buffs. I just think they're useless for the supporter race. Mm. I do like the race, though. It adds a lot of tension. Um, a lot of tension to the Kislev campaign. Because, like, yeah, sure, you've got the Chaos race going on. Um, but, like, 
at least for me, until I've confederated the other faction, the Demon Prince race, like racing to get the Demon Prince souls, is kind of in the back of my mind. Because <laughs> I'm focusing on dealing with supporters. Well, that's an issue that I kind of have uh, with... Because you have the other race too, it's like, oof. You know, because you're dealing with the other factions. Scarbrand is really aggressive. I don't know what difficulty you guys are playing in, but like... Uh, I had uh, a little bit of a playthrough where I had Scarbrand, Nakari, God, uh, Godslayer, and then Kulgraf decided to come down and play. So I was fighting on like, like multiple ranks at the this, same Kislev's time. Kislev's hard. I actually think Cathay is much like um, Cathay is much easier than Kislev in my opinion because they have mm. a lot more hard borders where you don't have enemies yeah. coming at you from certain directions. Kislev, you do not have a safe direction. That's like old. you got Scrag below you, and Scrag doesn't like you. Being friends with Scrag is super hard because you're going to want to be friends with the Empire and Scrag is busy kicking the crap out of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time Scrag gets to you, he's like, you like the Empire? That means you're food. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, please no. But um, but they're a very strong faction and they're great against demons just because of the mass amount of shooting they have. Um, Nathan, what do you think about uh, in general? Like, what are your thoughts? All right, to be honest. Uh, obviously, a bit different to what we all imagine kids have to be, because uh, did monsters just die? Dan, we lose you? Oh. There he is. There he is. Discord's being a bit weird. All right, it happens. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Right, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say... Uh, like, obviously, they were different to what we imagined, because obviously, when, when I originally thought of kids, I thought the book and the, the little lore tidbits we've had. Um, I think they're quite enjoyable, though. I, I was having quite a bit of fun. It's, it's very different, but a lot of hybrids. A lot of hybrids. Like, I think 95% of your actual roster is a hybrid. Um, it's, it's close to that. <clears throat> I think it's more like 80%, but um, all of your elite units are not hybrids, but everything below that are hybrids. Um, unless got... they're, unless they're, um, unless it's cavalry, in which case only your lowest tier are hybrid or hybrid, and then everything above that is not. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a lot of hybrids. Uh, so it's very movable. Like I was being able to be quite aggressive. I did a live stream with Costaltin where I, I directly went for the God Slayer. I was like, screw it, man. I want to get rid of the problem early. And I thought uh, I had an army of basically Cossars, Streltsy, and a few armored Cossars to be my front line, because obviously they can, they can fire too. And I took on, what, two and a half stacks? I was quite, I was quite happy, because yeah, obviously... Well, yeah, if you keep those guns firing, they will, mm. they will eviscerate people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, Kislev, I think Kislev is very... Uh, you know what's funny is, I, I thought Kislev was going to be my least favorite faction... Um, just based on, like, theming and rosters and stuff, I actually ended up finishing a Kislev campaign first. Before, like, mm. like when we were all just kind of, like, playing through the game, I finished a Kostaltin campaign. Because um, mm. I, I I was like, eh, Kostaltin, like, Rasputin, like, that's kind of cool, whatever, but I think I'm going to, like, Katarin more. Kostaltin is a beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, having access to all of the prayers, like, mm. good God, he is a, he is a, he is a, uh, He's he's dangerous. <laughs> he makes his army really. Re I I really like support characters, which is something I think CA hasn't had the best track record with. Is making like really fun characters who like on their own aren't 
maybe like the greatest, but they make their armies like really, really spooky. Um, but I think Kostaltin is like the best one they've ever made of a character who just he he's not going to be out there like one shotting Scarbrand like Volkmar the Grim can do. Because um, like Volkmar the Grim was kind of intended as a support character, but Volkmar is much more of like a hardcore beat stick that's basically invulnerable um, yeah. and can like take on entire armies by himself. Um, Kostaltin is not that. He yeah. is, you cannot send out Kostaltin and he'll like win. He'll survive for a good while. He has a lot of buffs to just keep him alive, but he's yeah. a support character. He's all about yeah. just making your army as good as it can be. Yeah, I mean, he does some decent damage, especially when you mount him up on a bear and so on. Uh, the way I've had him is at the front being supported by two other patriarchs mounted on bears too. And I've been able to kind of play around with a lot of uh, range to support him and possibly two spellcasters, also one of Law of Ice and one of Tempest. You can get him quite tanky, just he's not going to be able to... Um, he's not going to do anything mind-blowing, but he can pack a punch. And if you can get him with a Helm of Discord at the very front too, that's, it just helps, it really does help. That's, that's interesting, I've not really tried him because I kind of... he was probably my least interesting character. That's what me. I thought. It's <laughs> like he's just a hairy hobo. I don't. <laughs> Thing is, but... he can come back fast though, because if you uh, if you get some skills, he basically comes back like Morga, like next turn. Well, that's that's the thing they did with him. That's really smart. Is like he doesn't. You're like you look at him, and he's like, okay, like dude doesn't have any magic or anything. But they give him all these stupid, crazy abilities where the lower his health gets, the tankier he gets. So, like, once he gets below half health, he basically starts regenerating freakishly fast and also gets, like, more resistant to damage the closer he gets to death. Um, which makes him really annoying if you're fighting against him because he could, like, the closer he is to dying, the more hard it is to finally finish him off. Um, but um, he... Uh, the, the thing about him is, uh, if you've played a bit with Kislev, I'm sure you've messed around with the Patriarchs. Um, like their prayers are obscene, like, like they're very strong. Of like, oh, okay, yeah. rare roar versus like what thirty six percent charge bonus and immune to psych. If you time that well on a charge, it's devastating. You know, if you do tor plus forty melee attack, crazy good. You do soliac, everybody heals, super good. And um, and then Dawes is, I can't remember what Dawes is, but it's also I know I remember it's also good, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um. But Kostaltin gets all of them. <laughs> he doesn't pick. He just gets all of them at the same time. And he also has another buff he gets where he reduces the cooldown even further. So you can legit get Kostaltin to the point where he has all these prayers. And you activate the first prayer. And by the time you've activated the last prayer, the first one is basically off cooldown. <laughs> so he, you're just like... And he just... He's ridiculous. Oh no, it sounds like playing a bard in EverQuest. Yeah, he's really angry, angry bard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Dawes is 100% vigor rejuvenation. Ugh. Nice. Yeah, so he like gives perfect vigor to his army. Obscene. Um, nice. But uh, did any of y'all play around with Katarin? Any? I, uh, I have played all the lords that have been revealed and finished all their campaigns. Um, you finished them all. I have not slept in days. Jesus, 
I mean, neither mm. have I, but I haven't completed all the campaigns. All right, so we know now. We know now. We're going to start a new rehab center for people that are trying to quit all of their addictions at the same time. And we just lock them in a room with Total Warhammer 3 and say, when you fully 100% the game, you can come out. <laughs> all the achievements, all including the achievements, And you'll be cured. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. I'm still trying to fight my way through them, but um, I'd say Catherine for me was a bit more fun than than Costelton. What Mainly about it because, did you like? Well, having a, a a big city was helpful. Having a big city was very very helpful because uh, I play super aggressive, and I need to recruit some higher tier units ASAP. Um. I was getting into fights that I just could not deal with in Norska when I was playing as Kostatin, where with Catherine, I was just slamming my way through because obviously having magic early on, it's not the most, it's not the strongest lore of magic, but having any sort of magic is very helpful. So you can do damage from far away. She can also summon the battle kitty early on too, just like the other um, spellcasters. So that gets you a 21 unit army rather than 20. Um, and it's, it costs no winds of magic, I think, to summon the battle. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. So you can get, you can do a lot with the magic stuff too. I, I've always preferred a spellcaster based army. I'm not sure about you guys, but I've always preferred a spellcaster like centered army. Mm. I do like starting with a caster, but mm. um, I, I, I did like Katarin. I haven't really tried. I, I, I kind of started a campaign as Castell, and then I kind of went, nah, he's just a hairy hobo. Um, but I did, I did enjoy Katarin, um, and I, I don't mind support characters, but I do... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, Kugath doesn't really, but I do think that's probably why I like um, the dragon siblings, because they can kind of do that, or they can kind of sit back and support a bit, and mm. you kind of have the option. Mm. But Katarin is fun. And you can kind of almost throw her into combat as well, and she just kind of seems to do fine. So, oh yeah, yeah, especially when she gets up like um, on a bear. Um, yeah, Katarin, I I really starting with Prague or uh, Kislev is super nice because those cities are so fun. Um, like I absolutely love that each of them has four unique buildings. It just makes them feel like really really fun. Like. Not all of them, not every unique building is like a total home run, but a lot of them are like super good. Um, but like, I think, I think I like Prague's or, um, uh, not Prague's, uh, Kislev's the most where you get Zargard really early. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, especially cause Katarin can make Zargard just like super, super gnarly. But, um, uh, I, I do think Kislev is a good time. Um, and then, of course, uh, the next, kind of the last big guy to talk about who has a very different campaign is, of course, the big man himself, the the totally well-hidden secret that did not leak anywhere at all weeks in advance. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Boris Ursus. Um, have y'all, A, have you played him? And B, if you did, what are your, what are your thoughts? Start with Dan this time. You know what? I haven't. I haven't even unlocked him oh yet. Oh my god! How could you do this? I know. <laughs> I keep meaning to ask someone for the save, but I just. Oh, I will. I'll. I'll send you a save, fam. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, Nathan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I unlocked him as soon as they told us we could. Um, pretty different campaign. 
pretty different campaign because obviously you don't have the race to take part, but you can take part in the race in a sense by influencing the race. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> it's different. I think that right now, because you're fighting like green skins and so on, it's not so difficult. Uh, it is very different. It's going to get harder when a race pack takes over that territory, that's for sure. Because you're going to be dealing with something that's going to come in and be probably a bit stronger. Because green skins at the moment, especially with no buffs from legendary lords and so on, uh, they're not really much of a threat. Um, but I think it's a little easier, but also different. You're, you're so far away. You can make your way back to Kizov without a problem too, so it's, e it's easy enough. But I just fought my way through the mountains, uh, through the Darklands, and then straight into the mountains of Morn for fun. Because I thought, ah, screw it, you know, I'm already here, why not just keep pushing? And I invaded the cafe, because I thought that was going to be funny. <laughs> I, actually, um, I actually had a harder time with Boris than the other characters. I actually found Kostaltin the easiest and Boris the hardest. Um, but it, I think it's, it may be due to my playstyle of that. I, I tend to really like to consolidate space and like build tall, not to play really aggressive and like build, like go out really, really fast. Um, and for me, the, the issue with Boris um, was that without any of those um, super cities, I had a little bit more issue building up my economy quickly. And also, um, there are very persistent, annoying threats constantly coming at you from the chaos waste uh, of like the ogres and then Kugoth and warriors. And um, the, the thing that was killing me about the Darklands is it's so big compared to Kislev as far as like the amount of distance you have to cover between settlements is gigantic compared to Kislev. Kislev, there's like four settlements within full movement range no matter where you are whereas in the Darklands, most of the settlements are two turns away mm. um so i was having a much harder time defending my territory um and not losing it to the ai because like i would think i was safe and then skaven would come at me from the west or greenskins would come at me from the uh the east and the south and then i had ogres just constantly harassing me from the north and I couldn't be everywhere at once. Um, so I was actually having like a pretty hard time. Like eventually we stabilized, but it probably took me like 70 turns to really stabilize those first two provinces that I took in the Darklands. Um, and like I did go, I, I do think establishing, I do think if you're playing as Boris, literally the first thing you should do is get like a hero, doesn't even, like Ice Witcher Patriarch and just send them west. Go away, go meet all the Kislevite factions, go meet all the Empire factions, so I have somebody to trade with. Because otherwise, I, I waited way too late to start doing that. And I think that's what was really hurting me, was that I didn't have all that money coming in from trade. Um, and oh my god, it made it brutal uh, for a good while. Because it's like, ah yes, Boris gets, you know, ridiculous upkeep reduction and stuff on Warbear Cav. That's awesome. But if you don't own... Where he starts, you have to get to tier five to get war bears, so or tier four actually. But it's it's like it takes a while to get up to bears, and everything else is really expensive. Um, like Kislevite units are very expensive on average because of their hybrid, uh, hybridization. Yeah, and I I I struggle with that hybrid stuff. Like I I want to 
be good at it, but I have a hard time making sure my pistol units are lined up where they all like get shots off before they get tangled up into combat. Um, I And because so much of your army is gunpowder, um, very little can volley fire, like fire over friendly units. So like if you get blocked line of sight because all of your guys get messed up or whatever, you, you know, you can really run into problems with Kislev very quickly. See, I, I, I am a, I'm a dude who loves hybrid units, so I've just been, because uh, I kind of got used to it with uh, a few units that we've had, and obviously people have been modding in like hybrid factions and so on. So I've kind of gotten used to that type of style of play. Uh, it's so, it's easy if you're being aggressive because you can generate cash by just beating down enemies, but you've got to be careful too because, like you said, like the Darklands. There's space involved and so on, um, depending on where you want to go. The, the trade thing is 100% correct. You need to do that or else you will start to suffer, especially if you can't get some allies up and running. Which, um, when you played as Boris, did you notice that? Uh, did you notice the Kislevites? Because obviously it's very different because every time uh, you play Total War, it's the AI being the AI. But I had Catherine expanding quite a bit and. Kostatin doing quite well. Like it was, it was weird because I never really have that a lot with uh, allied factions expanding well. If, you know, if I am not playing either Kostaltin or Kislev, then Kostaltin and Katarin are kicking ass, and they're yeah. taking like yeah. swaths of territory. If I am playing either of them, we're both awful <laughs> until we get confederated. Um, but like, even if you're playing as Boris, that's like if I'm playing one of the. Other factions, Kislev is like, they are like doing great. Um, but, and then if I'm playing as Boris, they're doing great. Um, the AI seems very good at like getting very powerful with Kislev. Yeah, they really do. I, I always make a, a point to try and knock them down a peg or two to make sure that they're not going to continue to expand. So it's, it's interesting because generally... Um... Your allied races uh, or factions will not generally do so well, from what I've noticed in Warhammer Two, and they they were okay here. Like when I was playing Kostaltin, I had uh, this was during my live stream sessions. I had um, Katarin expanding into Kurgav's territory, right? And what's that minor faction right next to you that own Erengrad? Uh, the red and white one. The um... uh, one. The Enclave, the Drew something Enclave. Yeah, they took Cracker Drac, like all four settlements, which I thought was funny. Like, it's a minor faction and they did fairly well, you know? His left do seem to be quite strong just in general, especially for the AI. Kind of needed. I'm imagining that they're going to need to, because obviously you've got, because um, I had this weird thing where Scarbrand allied up with Nakari, which was just bizarre so obviously you've got all the um you've got all the uh, chaos factions coming down for you eventually especially if you're playing in harder difficulties like myself and, and like you guys i imagine because player bias exists right oh so god having, yeah it's it's brutal isn't it yeah 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 and it's just it is nice to have a hybrid faction to be able to deal with everything coming for you like Sometimes you can be a little bit mm. like I had that issue with the Godslayer, but thankfully the Godslayer is a hybrid faction because he's got access to four 
rosters. That Wood Elf and the, the Wood Elf uh, minor faction just goes straight for you, right? It really does. Them and Nordland, they yeah. just sail across. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it seems, at least in my experience, it almost seems that um, there are certain factions that are basically like hard-coded to just go after... Um, like, if, if you're playing a certain faction, there are basically like two to three factions that are like your enemy who are going to do everything in their power to like screw you over um i, I think it has to do with particularly with the god slayer and kugath because they start on the coast yeah the, their start the positions AI, suck yeah really do because and it's it's not because they start on the coast it's because the enemy ai start on the coast and they don't have anything better to do than sail mm. across and harass you if you're playing as kugath crack a drack will send a stack over by that turn three playing four. playing kugath is so fun but his start position sucks so much because yeah. like you're playing kugath you're like ah oh, i want to go i want to go expand to the chaos waste and kislev and the dwarfs just won't leave you alone <laughs> they just keep sending 20 stacks and you're like i can't build walls because i'm nurgle <laughs> yeah not not to mention the fact that to build defenses you need to build basically all of your infrastructure buildings and on top of that, you need resource buildings to get additional agents, and there's not one resource building in either the, your starting province nor your natural expansion. Yeah. Not I, even anywhere on the coast. Yeah, I, I love Nurgle, but I really think they should add garrison units to some of the other like military buildings for him, because it's, it's, yeah. it's really hard to have a stable garrison that you don't have to like i basically with nurgle have been forced to always have just like a herald of nurgle who just permanently runs around uh defending from armies once i've got like big garrisons defending those cities because without a lord the gar even like um like i've put every single building that adds to their garrison and it's a tier three settlement it's still a risky proposition when the ai uh at, at best you've at best, fifty percent of your garrison is going to be nurglings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which like they can get good if you like really get heavy. And the thing I've noticed about Nurgle, and at least at least what started helping, like we're transitioning to Nurgle talk, so everyone just deal with it. Uh, <laughs> the thing I've noticed is that you you really have to rely on the plague system. Like it's not just there for fun. I yeah. like I've noticed like the only way I was able to start actually expanding is the millisecond I noticed somebody was sending an army to attack me, I would immediately spawn a cultist and go bomb them with, like, a big plague. Because if, cool. if you didn't, if I didn't do that, like, they would get to me and I'd be screwed. Because, like, either Kugoth was in the realm of chaos, because if there's one thing the AI is very good at, it's the millisecond you go to the realm of chaos with your legendary lord, the AI is like, attack with everything! <laughs> go oh, all in! <laughs> It's every time, isn't it? As soon as your legendary lord goes to that realm gate, suddenly it's like three stacks suddenly appear out of nowhere and they like converge on you. Yeah, they they like they're hiding in the fog of war, just waiting, waiting for you to go to the realm of chaos. Um, but uh, yeah, the only the only way, like, so I was doing a very hard campaign with Kugat. The only way I was able to stabilize and start expanding is I had to have like two plague bring or two uh the heroes, the plague ridden. Two plague riddens that were maxed out in assassinations and assault units, constantly running around attacking enemy armies, a 
lone herald who was constantly in march stance running around to cities to help defend them and then i was just spamming the living hell out of plagues that were like attrition minus melee attack and like give me income so i can survive <laughs> and was just bombing these armies because otherwise i it, there was just i could never leave i could literally yeah, never leave it's why I always go into the realm of Slanesh first with Nurgle, because particularly some of your buildings like 10k. Yeah. That's you, the don't other... have that, you don't have that economy. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the other thing is that Nurgle's buildings, like, yeah, sure, you build a single building and it, it just sustains itself, but like, man, that initial cost is brutal. And particularly units like Fury, you can't have Furies unless you spend 10k on a building. Yeah, that one I'm not a fan of, because uh, no. Furies are like so, like, because you're so slow that if the enemy has shooting... If you don't have Furies, you are in for a bad time against a lot of armies. You can, yeah, by the time you can get Furies, to be honest, you may, you go, oh, I might as well get the Rotflies, because by the yeah. time I can build the building, I'm Yeah, well, be because, like, oh, okay, well, since I've got Furies, like, the cycle, it goes, I think it goes, like, Fury and then Rotfly. Like, you don't even get that many yeah. Furies from the Fury no. building. I, I really think they should move the Furies onto one of the infrastructure buildings instead of it just being pure Nurglings. Yeah. Just one of them. Okay. <laughs> Nurgle has a rough time, to be honest. I love him, but he's... I'm not in... I, I, I wish I was smart enough to do the maths as to whether this is actually, like, his his building style is actually a benefit or actually worse. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not smart enough to figure out if there's, like, a good optimum... Like, yeah. sh should I be trying to, like... The only thing I figured out that seems to work really nicely is just spamming text or the uh, whatever abilities I can find to reduce the cycle times. Um, yeah. Is that like that? That is undeniably works really great. But everything else about Nurgle, um, it, it really seems like they very heavily designed him so that you really need to be leaning on that plague mechanic. Yeah. Because um, it is it is your everything. If you're not utilizing your plagues properly, like if you if you are saving infections, it is either you're very lucky or you're doing something wrong <laughs> because you should probably be like spamming otherwise I you're gonna when, run into trouble yeah i think when you get rolling though you've got you because one of those plays like a 35 percent casualty replenishment rate so at which point you're like i can fight and i can fight a battle next oh yeah turn. once once you get I'm the recipe plagues the recipe plagues are like oh this is good stuff <laughs> like that's like yeah the the casualty replenishment one which thankfully you get very early yeah um, that one really allows kugoth to just do whatever he wants I, I always rush for that one because it's so useful in the realm of chaos because you can fight a battle in camps. You can literally just go into a camp stance, fight a battle, and the next turn you're just back up to maximum. You don't need to go to the special locations to heal up. Yep. So, uh, granted, there are still two races left to be revealed um, with Slanesh and the Ogre Kingdoms. Um, but um, once again, this is not, we're not giving review information by any means. I'm just, uh, we're answering a casual question. Which is, uh, of the races you've played so far, which campaign have y'all enjoyed the most, currently? Yep, oh, Discord freaked out there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard your, of the races that you, you've played okay. so far... And uh, who's your favorite, won. currently? Oh, uh... Nobody's gonna believe me, but Scott, uh, Scott Corn, okay. So corn for <laughs> corn. I, I, I got how dragged you, into shit. How could you betray your boys like that, Nathan? 
You know, I got dragged into shit. Like there was a Reddit thread about me saying that I was anti-corn oh, and no. all that shit. Like they named <laughs> me specifically. Oh, great book of grudges how, hates how, corn. How dare he adjust his opinion based on experience? How dare he? <laughs> oh, the thing is, by that point that the thread had come out, we'd already been playing. So I'm like, yeah, man, I wish I could tell you, but I can't. <laughs> Thing is, I am anti corn. I think corn's a very boring chaos god. He's only got his anger thing. That's literally he's just got ang he's just got anger issues. You're not wrong. Oh man. Right. Because you have no magic. Uh I think it's Yeah, just, just don't worry about me, just keep going. I, I get caught up. No, I mean everything just froze up. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's weird. It's definitely uh, Discord. But yeah, it's definitely Discord today. But uh, yeah, no, so uh, he's different because obviously there's a lot of different, like it's, it's, it's melee, a bit of cavalry, no magic. You don't really, really have a buffer barring, yes, the locust and so on, but it's not really, uh, it's not really a dedicated buffer. Uh, no range barring the, the skull cannon. I think it's interesting. I think it's, it's, it's a very, I thought I would hate it, but I don't. What about you, Dan? Who's your honest, favorite so far? I I think all of all of the races I think are that we that we can talk about are fantastically well designed, mm. and each of them feels unique. And Nurgle feels very Nurgle. He's slow. He's tanky. He has the plagues. It's all for. Kislev, they've obviously done the thing where obviously Kislev is that sort of like nation of two sides where you've got the built up sort of like urban centers and then the, the expansive steeps. And they've made that part of the faction. And I think that's true of every single faction in the game, in that every single one of them is so unique and well designed. With that said, I still love Nurgle. I just I love my <laughs> I love my I love my tanky boys. I love the, the plague bearers. You just you, you just can can put them into a group. Set them at the enemy. You go make a cup of tea. Come back ten minutes later, and uh, oh yes, just we've, we've arrived off. finally. <laughs> and they've they've done their little charge, which is not like oh, okay. I guess we'll do this. Yeah. Oh, dude, plague bears are so fun. Like Nurgle in general is hilarious, but the plague bears are so great because they they literally look like minimum wage employees who are just there because they have to be, <laughs> not because they want I... to be. I love the great unclean ones. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the big, the big bulky boys, but I just love them. Uh, particularly the great unclean one. I've got one that I kind of saved from a campaign, mm. um, and I've brought him in at level thirty, and he's got like the the damage effect all around him. I, so as long as he's in melee combat, I would love to ask about that real quick. So, so how does that feature look in game? Like, do you just you save the character? You go into a new campaign? Is it you just open up the Lord slot and like he's yep. there? Yep, so you, there's a little, like, load character button in the bottom right-hand corner. So you mm. click that, and if you saved a character previously, it will just have the character in, in the list. Obviously, they cost more, so I think uh, my level 30 Great Unclean one costs, like, 20? Slanesh, so I had the money. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, they're pretty expensive. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. But what okay. I, I would love, and this is something that I've suggested, is I would love to see the AI recruit your save characters. Oh so if my, you're like, if you, dude, that would be you, so great. That would be, wouldn't it be good? And like, yeah. so you could save your character, and then if you're playing against that faction, you might have your character pop up against that, you. Like, that, that would, would be, be amazing. Just to like occasionally 
like you just see in the Lord leading an army and you go, oh no. <laughs> oh oh no. God. But imagine playing harder difficulties and like very early on there's this level 45 exalted bloodthirster called Paco coming straight for you, right? <laughs> True. There, there, would have, there would have to be some restrictions on it, but yeah. I, do, I do think sort of like having, Nonsense. having that name character <laughs> pop up. It's, it's be... a sandbox. I don't need, I don't want restrictions in my sandbox. I, I uh, mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to recruit them for like level 30 or something. Yeah, oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, I, yeah, I, that's I, true. I, the, the AI cheats enough. You'd, you'd probably have like the AI just recruits a level 40 character you made on like turn one. Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> Steamrolls. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, and the kind of just a very brief thing we'll touch on before we move on to the last subject um, is have either of y'all had a chance to check out the co op campaigns? I have, I have. Uh, I played something as Rotten and Kislev with Mordred Viking and Temple Institute. Uh, good God, is it difficult? It is stupid fun. It is yeah, it's stupid, fun. stupid fun. But it's difficult. Like Yeah, it's, yeah. something Rotten and Kislev is probably one of the hardest campaigns in the game. Oh, um, that's good to know. Because you yeah. have so limited time. It, it literally yeah. tells you, like, okay, you start off in each of the major cities. So Boris is in Prague. Katarin's in Kislev and Kostaltin is in Erengrad. You're all teamed up and you start off with some armies, but the AI starts off with like multiple 20 stacks that are like, and it's all four dark gods. Um, plus like, there's also some Skaven shenanigans and stuff, but like you're dealing with, when I say a 20 stack, they've got like great unclean ones, plague drones, like Zinch has got like doom knights, soul grinders. Like they're stacked. Oh God. Um, and you have a timer. So I think like the first one is there are there are four provinces you essentially need to capture. And every province is dominated by a different dark god. So Nurgle is between the three of you. Korn's up above um, Erengrad. Zinch is over behind uh, to the right of Kislev. And then to the right of Prague is Slanesh. Something like that. And yeah, Slanesh was on the right of uh, Kislev. Okay, so yeah, so Slanesh is next to Kislev and then uh, Zinch is next to Prague. And what the game tells you is, okay, you start the campaign, boom, they've got all these 20 stacks, you could be attacked at any time, um, you have a stupid amount of money, all of your buildings finish in one turn, you have 400% faster research rate, so most of your techs are in one turn, um, but you have to work like, you have to coordinate, because it'll tell you, okay, you've got like 8 turns, or 8 to 10 turns, to take all of Nurgle's settlements. And if you fail, you Jeez. lose. So like me, I played uh, some Rotten Kislev with me, Mandalore Gaming, and Anticity. And we we missed the part where it was timed. But we were still like being aggressive and trying to wipe out Nurgle. We lost. We, we couldn't do it in time. Um, because we weren't aware of it until it was too late. So like we were being a little more cautious about like letting our armies come back and heal when we should have been pushing more aggressively. But um, it's like, okay, you've got to take Nurgle down. You've got like eight to ten turns. And then you do that. And then it's like, okay, next god. And you just, you got to keep going. Um, I think I like the entire campaign. If you took as long as possible, it's like 30 turns. Jeez, that sounds stressful. It is. Oh, really but, stressful. But it's fun, though. Like, because you're just, you're working together. It's you versus the world. Um, oh, and then just, there's... just you talking about it made me feel quite anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of y'all tried the uh, Cathay campaign, the Time of Darkness and Disharmony? I checked out the uh, requirements and so on. Uh, that one was just not for me. 
so just to run anybody through it that hasn't heard about it, uh, also very fun, but we're, we're, um, something rotten in Kislev is the ultimate co-op experience. Um, Time of Darkness is Disharmony is the ultimate player versus player experience. Uh, it's basically just like a god, it's, it's a ridiculous, stupid free-for-all. Basically what they do is they take eight of you. Um, you could have up to eight players. They stick all of you in Cathay. So it's the exact same Cathay from the big map, but now there's eight players in there. So Zhao Ming and Miao Ying start in the um, exact same spot. But then you've got like Zinc starts right next to Miao Ying. Um, you've got ogre characters in the mountains. You've got Corn way over on the right. Nurgle's just below Corn, and then Nakari is um, further down. And uh, so you've got like all these different factions stuffed in together. And what it is is you, it's it's a free for all. So you can make alliances, break alliances, fight each other. Uh, you have simultaneous turns, which gets really really goofy when you're all trying to do stuff at the exact same time against one another, because it's basically whoever clicks first wins. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, what it is, is you get victory points and the th you generate a victory point for every settlement you own. And it's the first person to 40 points wins or the person who has the most points at the end of turn 30 wins. Yeah, And the way it works is that most of your buildings take a reduced amount of time to build. You start off with pretty nice starting armies and you start off with um, pretty solid like cities and settlements. Um, and all of your research takes a single turn. And it's just... Oh, man, Discord today. <laughs> oh, we're back, we're back. Okay, there we go. Uh, and it's, it's, it's literally just a madhouse. Um, like I played it with, that sounds great. I played it with three people, um, with Mandalore and Anticity and it was, it was bonkers. Um, I think Turin did a stream where they had five people. Um, it's very, very fun, but it is definitely not for people that get, if you're someone that gets tilted easily, probably don't want to play it. <laughs> it is, it is, it's, it's. It's a different different game mode, basically. Yeah, it is. It? it is. It's basically like a like if you had a land party with friends and you wanted just like a really quick mode, you could play many many times back to back, and you all take different characters back every time. It's perfect for that, um, yeah. and it's a lot less stressful on like your computer per se uh, for an eight player campaign because it's over a much smaller space. Um, and then of course you can play the main campaign, which the main campaign. Um, if you do co-op, you can do every single player basically picks what they want to do. So you, not only can you pick a different Lord and it's exactly like the single player campaign, you are racing to get all the demon principles first. But what's unique about it is that when you join, you kind of pick a team. So, and you could form as many teams as you want. So like every player could just be on their own team. Um, you could have like, oh, the two Cathay players are going to be on a team. And then the two Kislevite players are on a team. And then, like, Zinch and Korn are on a team, and Nurgle and Slanesh are on a team. Or you could do it where it's 4v4. Or you could even do something like, oh, okay, um, the two Cathay players are on a team, the two Kislev players are on a team, and then all four of the Chaos characters are free-for-all. So they can make and break alliances as they want. Um, so, like, it doesn't have to be purely team mode. It doesn't have to be purely free-for-all. You can have, like, a big mix. 
but it's really good for i actually think it's going to be very popular uh uh because a it's a lot more longer and more fun but uh because you could like take your time with it and it's not like a stressful race as much uh, but if you have like a group of players who maybe aren't as good at the game and you have one player who's really good, you can literally put all the bad people on a team together. So they're all helping each other out. And then the bad player has to deal with all of them, like starting off with a huge advantage, um, which, which can be really good. So if anyone plays against Turin, make sure you're on teams. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pandemonium, but it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's. It's just, I think as long as you don't take it too seriously, I think if you take it too seriously, you'll probably not. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You know, obviously know your levels of salt before before you eat this dish. <laughs> How much salt can you handle? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's it for Total War stuff. Uh, so, and then the last subject for today, which I'm very excited to talk about, because it's something we've kind of dabbled in in the past, um, but um, we wanted to have Dan on the show to kind of talk more in depth about it. Um, is we're just going to spend a little bit today um, talking about our histories, our histories with Warhammer and just kind of like the hobby in general and come the journey to finding and discovering Warhammer and all this stuff. Because Dan is uh, definitely uh, like us, kind of a member of the old guard. Oh, yes. Uh, so, so Dan, please. Pain to prove it. Yeah, please, please, uh, <laughs> please, please. Uh, Enlighten us. Give, give us a tale. Spin us a story. Oh, goodness me. Well, I think I think I first fell into wargaming uh, when I was at school, and oh, I must have been about nine, I guess. And my friend brought in Space Crusade. They they had like a board game day, basically, and he brought in Space Crusade. Now, don't ask me why his parents brought him Space Crusade, but they did, and. You know, my, my tiny little mind was blown because this looked amazing, right? Instantly, girls were something that was not going to be part of my future. <laughs> it's not a thing. So, and Space Crusades, for anyone that's not doesn't know what it is, because it is quite old at this point, um, is basically uh, it was a it's a crossover between Hasbro and Games Workshop, and it was Space Marines versus oh, everything. Wasn't it? There was like there was Gretchen and orcs and Chaos Space Marines, and there was a Chaos Dreadnought, and there was also Chaos Androids who look a lot like Necrons. Ah, I um, see. Yeah, they—they, they, I mean, they literally had the same. You know, would you say suspiciously like Necrons? <laughs> I would say suspiciously like. In fact, I, I would say almost exactly like Necrons. In fact, they even—I think one of them had exactly the same because they had like the gun up like that and their arm down. And I think one of the first Necron models was exactly that. They had like the gorse gun like that. It was—it was basically exactly the same. Um, and I played this and I thought this was amazing. And then I found Hero Quest. So for wow. my birthday. I got Hero Quest, which again was another Hasbro Games Workshop crossover, um, and that's basically space. But I think Hero Quest came first, so Space Crusade is basically Hero Quest in space. But Hero Quest was effectively a dungeon crawler, um, and you had various different monsters: goblins, orcs, familiar skeletons, zombies, a gargoyle looks a lot like a bloodthirster, um, and you sort of like move your little your heroes around and you beat the you beat the enemies and no one wants to be the wizard because he's garbage and everyone wants to be the barbarian because he's the best character and uh so i played that and i thought oh, well, this is amazing and then and this is because when you asked did i want to be on i was like i need to do some research for this so i i delved deep <laughs> and um 
I delved deep because I, I remember that after I got Hero Quest, I, I didn't I didn't realise there was any link here because I didn't know what Games Workshop was. I didn't know there was like more models or anything like that. I didn't know what Warhammer was. And um, the boy that brought Space Crusade in brought a ma white dwarf in, brought a magazine in. Man, what, what, what an absolute Chad this, this guy was. <laughs> right? I think it was because his parents were divorced and his dad felt guilty. So he got like 40, he got 40 here, quid. Here, son, love me more. Take, the, take, take, take these minis. Right? <laughs> My parents were loving. Damn. Yeah. I could, uh, God, why couldn't I have been in a, why couldn't I have been in a broken home? I could have twice right? as many Christmases. <laughs> Um, so he got like 40, 40 pounds uh, a month for pocket money. Um, yeah, this this was back in like nineteen ninety one. That that you know you you work out that with inflation. That's probably more like sixty quid these days yeah. every month. Um, so he brought a white dwarf in. I remember that we were sort of like me and him and some other boys were all clustered around this white dwarf reading it in the playground. And the the dinner lady came over and took it away because obviously she she saw like a group of boys huddled around a magazine. She thought she knew what we were looking at. Um, but she she made she took it away, looked at it, and had this look of sort of like this was what I expected, but I'm gonna take it away anyway, and I don't know why, but I'm gonna, I need to maintain my authority. Um, oh man, but... that's... <laughs> they're just looking at it later like your teacher's just like having to do the right thing. <laughs> just having this dilemma later. <laughs> I guess I should take this away, but I don't know why. <laughs> if anything, it makes it less likely they're gonna look at naked ladies. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Uh, so then I got my I got my first white dwarf, and it was white dwarf one five four, which wow. has yeah I know. And this was when was this October nineteen ninety two. So for those of us who uh, were less than a year old at that point, um, could could you explain what's 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 so prophetic about this particular white dwarf issue? Nope, oh, hold on. Discord's yeah. chugging. <laughs> He'll be back. I'm back. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. okay. We sorry. were just we, it was a suspenseful answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh. he's gone. <laughs> GW's cutting us off. They don't the... <laughs> Yeah, no no one can know about this issue. It was that it was that that crazy. <laughs> Sacred knowledge. So go to go on, sorry, it was prophetic because We'll get there eventually. <laughs> the teacher took away monsters abound. <laughs> you, you can't you can't have this. <laughs> Cancelled me. That's it. Um so this this particular white dwarf had um a battle report in it. And it was mostly Space Marine, so like Epic. Yeah. Which was uh, uh, Space Marine was one of my first loves because I think well, the, the reason was, if you looked at a box of goblins, you got 20 goblins in it. Whereas if you look at a box of, like, Eldar for Space Marine, you got, like, 500 Eldar in that box. Now, mm -hmm. if you're doing the maths, 500 is better than 20. Yeah, really. So, like, <laughs> seems pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better value for money. Um, but the White Dwarf after that one, 155, had a, a battle report in it, which was the Battle of Red Axe Pass, which I think was one of the first back, uh, battle reports they did for the fourth edition of Warhammer. Mm, I've I heard about that one. Yeah. I think it's the second one. It's, gobl it's Goblins versus Elves. Mm -hmm. And this blew my... T I read this so many times because... And this, this started my lifelong love affair with, with Goblins because, yes, the High Elves won, but 
elves suck, as as we all know, and goblins are way cooler because let's face it, they they can ride spiders, um, <laughs> and they've got fanatics and stuff like that, which are just far more interesting. So I was immediately drawn to the goblins, and I think some of the first models I've got were actually uh, the the goblin spearmen and night goblin archers, oh, the ones that. Yeah, yeah. Man, see, you got some great stuff to start. Oh, oh, it's 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 good. Now, the only the only slight issue is that when I was growing up, I grew up in a very rural part of uh, of the country, in a very particularly rural part of the county. But this is a rural county, and um, as such, I only had one opponent really. Who only on one other person I knew who collected, who happened to be the the Chad with the the parents in a loveless marriage who wanted to give him lots of pocket money. Mm. This was a problem for two reasons. One, he obviously had more disposable income than I did, which meant as soon as I started, as soon as I bought, say I got something for Christmas, he would instantly then the next month buy the thing that would defeat that thing. <laughs> ah, the other yes. problem... I, I see you've bought a, bought a, bought a unit of uh, goblin spears. I'd like yep. to introduce you to my high elf bolt thrower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but basically, not, yeah, not, basically. not related, not related. Just you know, was wasn't even in just Warhammer though. You do it in in Space Marine. Like I, I, I lovingly put together my my orc army, and he would instantly go and buy eight boxes of his bloody Eldar because he only collected Eldar and elves. That's all. The only <laughs> oh thing. Oh my god! Again, I had one of those growing up too. Fucking worst. Yeah, they're like. Listen, if somebody only collects. Like, like, did he do high elves? Oh, high elves, wood yeah. elves. Yeah. If somebody only does elves, listen, that's a red flag. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to, I'm not trying to like ruin anybody's Ooh. day that's listening. If someone only collects elves, that's a red flag. Those are meta gamers, like at all. That's a like, warning, man. Was... That's like that's yeah. a, that's like that's like hearing a rattlesnake rattling. Like that's. <laughs> That's that's why we're no longer friends. He's dead now. I hope. But <laughs> that's all I had to fight was friggin' Eldar and elves and wood elves. He collected them all, and it was it was one of those cases where like the wood elves, the wood elf book came out. So of course the first thing he got was an entire wood elf army, including two dragons, which you know my my poor goblin spearman didn't really have much of a chance against. To be that honest, was, that was fourth, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, where heroes were ridiculously overpowered, I think. Yeah. Was that fourth? It got worse than fifth, yeah. but fourth was pretty bad. That was the beginning yeah. of Hero Army, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was that case of like, I'd get a nice little orc rock lobber, and then he'd get two dragons. And, well, oh. that always. And because I, I couldn't pick my army, could I? He would go, hmm, what shall I select from my ensemble to bring mm. against you? And I'd be like, well, I'm going to bring the same thing I always do because that's, <laughs> that's all, I have. all I've got. <laughs> so I will bring the rock lobber, despite the fact that I know that the first thing you're going to do is fly high, and the second thing you're going to do is kill the rock lobber. But never mind. I guess we'll just play the same game we do every time then. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, we, we got Blood Bowl as well. The first. Obviously, he had a Wood Elf team, so every single game was the same thing. He would instantly jump over all of my front line, pass the ball to his Wood Elf star player, and go and score within two bloody turns. The only slight 
bonus I got was immediately then jumping on his front line and beating the shit out of them until I broke their legs or pushed them into the crowd and killed us. Basically, it was I, I, I didn't really care about the ball. I'd given up at that point. It was about Who how many characters of his guy kill. Well, he did. Because <laughs> he scored Dude, these elves, uh, elves are such losers, man. Playing objectives. Nobody, that's was, why nobody it, likes them, man. They're, they're, they're like actually trying to play the rules. Like, yeah, you're nerds. <laughs> I think that my best day ever was when he had this really like highly, high, it wasn't a star player. I think it was just his catcher or something, a war dancer. And he was like very highly ranked, but I managed to get him on the ground. And then I just, I just got all of my team around him and just fouled him until I killed him. And um, <laughs> to this day, that that's a memory that keeps my, keeps my cockles warm. Um, <laughs> So, man, so you were you were really into the hobby. I mean, you had Blood Bowl. Oh yeah, forty uh, k. Before uh, they I called really it forty k. <laughs> I don't really play forty k to be honest. Uh, oh, so so Space Marine was a different IP. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's the little little guys. Oh, little, okay. Oh, so little, little was guys. it like Warmaster? Yes, it was basically ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, basically Warmaster for forty k. Gotcha. Um, I don't think that existed when I got into the hobby. Um, oh no, they they got rid of it, and then they brought back for forty k epic. Was it epic forty k? I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Apocalypse, I think, is what the mode was. I but know, I can't remember. Yeah, so, so, so you were involved in. So how many different games were you playing? Like, so oh, you, you, had, you had Space God. Marine, Space Fantasy. Marine, Warhammer, uh, Necromunda, Necromunda like had Gorkamorka. Uh, uh, oh yeah, see. A bowl, yeah. Play All right, so we're, bowl. we're already at one full hand. <laughs> more time? I... What's that? More time? More time. You know, I didn't play more time, dude. Uh, that it's gamer. Like, the the the. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> uh, takes one to know what. Uh, but uh, um. Mordheim, I genuinely think Mordheim was the best game that GW ever made. Fucking <laughs> love Mordheim. Fucking love Mordheim. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel bad that I didn't get into it. But like, I, I, is, me and Nathan have discussed this. We we are praying, praying it's one of their, their bringbacks for the old yeah. world. But sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't play. When did, when did Mordheim come out? I'm just trying to think. Uh, Probably late 90s, early 2000s. I think it was late 90s. Like ninety, yeah. I would guess like ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, I think that was, I think that's when I was starting to tail off a little bit, um, because uh, ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yes, that was that was generally about when I was starting to tail off because I I sort of like I I collected Space Marine and um, Warhammer and I had a like a few armies for Warhammer, um, but there's only one opponent and the closest Games Workshop was about. An hour and twenty minute away, so I couldn't really get to it very easily. And this was before the internet, so yeah. Were there any any groups around me? Mm. Oh, did he? You know, where where do you find that information in those days? You you didn't. It was yeah. You just unless... pray God you had like a local hobby store or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because if you didn't, you didn't have that information. It was just it was just no way to find it. So I only had this one opponent who always collected elves. And who had considerably more income than I did, um, so I was kind of stuck in this position where, what do I do about that? Now, my brother, my I do, I've got two brothers, and they did collect a little bit, but they never really kind of like collected armies, and they weren't they were never into it as much as I was. So I yeah. occasionally get them to try and play a battle with me, but 
it was you know like pulling teeth so but then um i kind of lost contact with the annoying elf player which in some ways is good because it, it meant i didn't have to fight elves anymore which was <laughs> a bonus on the other hand it meant i literally had no one to to play against mm. so it was i was basically at that point literally just collecting models and and painting them and then going god i wish i could play a game um which is a bit of a bit sad um and the last i mean the last thing i ever collected was the beast men and i think this was for the sixth edition wow so you, oh, the, okay. you went they out you went out on like a man what a what a gold standard to leave the hobby on sixth edition beastmen <laughs> they were all right though they, they were decent the Minotaurs were decent from my memory. Um, everything else was pretty garbage. Um, Actually, they weren't even but... Beastmen yet. They were they were Beasts of Chaos in 6th edition. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, because I've actually got the... Because I was, I was like, looking at this, looking up the Wikipedia for... I was like, yeah. which, which edition was it? Yeah, they... Like, they... Seventh... They, it took until 7th for them to actually get a Beastman book. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, is it... I'm sure it was 5th edition. I looked at it and went, oh, God, no, it can't be, because there was no Beasts of... Yeah, it was just Beast hordes, it was just hordes of chaos and fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. That, and I looked at the front and I was like, yeah, that's definitely the, the book I had. Um, so I, I actually collected a Beastman army, but never played it against anyone, which is the saddest thing. You didn't miss much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't miss much. I mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd spent most of my gaming life getting trounced. So it was. Yeah. I mean, I will say, 6th six, six edition Morgur was terrifying. Uh, so I, did, I didn't have Morgur. I don't know Kathrak. if he had a... I think he had a mini, but yeah, 6th edition Morgur was like one of... He was terrifyingly good. Yeah. So, I kind of I kind of painted and collected for a little while longer, and then didn't really have anyone else to play against, so I was kind of like... And then I found computer games, and I've got rid of all my stuff, but it should be said that my my brothers are now. Well, one of my brothers is now into collecting. He collected Ballmaster for a bit, and then he's currently collecting the the Marvel miniatures game. Ah, I've heard Ooh. that game is like I, it's not for me. I'm not interested in it, but I've heard no, but it's very very good. He Ooh. he loves it. He's he's playing it with his kids. They seem to like it. Um, so that's good. And then my other brother. Is is still he's now into Age of Sigmar, which I know, but no, that's... no, we we love AOS. <laughs> we we me and oh, that's good. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I I I've literally I've got to submit my list because I'm going to a grand tournament in like two weeks. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm generally quite I I I'm not that super into it because I'm, I'm not really collecting the models or anything, but. I, I do like kind of like reading the books, uh, or at least listening to the audiobooks. Don't get me Although... wrong, don't get me wrong. At the end of fantasy and start AOS, I hated AOS. I wanted it to die in the most fiery of flames for the almost the entirety of first edition. But once they got their crap together around second edition, uh, it got it got a lot better. But um so someone someone in my chat is asking, so uh in in the Space Marine game, what, what all hmm. did you what all did you play? Um I right, so I had I had orcs. I had, I, I think I had most of the armies. I had orcs. I had squats. Oh, I the, had squats. the squats! The I had glorious squats. Glorious squats. Is the 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 one five four? Was it the magazine that I got? Um, that that had a a battle report in it, which was squats versus orcs, and the squats had a land train, which was so fucking cool. 
supposedly there are apparently some very strong reliable rumors squats are coming back which is which like i don't think they're gonna call them squats because it's kind of a it's basically like a derogatory name (laughs) but um it'd probably be demiurg won't it because they they have ships for the but like i listen if they manage to somehow do dwarfs in a 40k like futuristic theme i very well may pick up that army (laughs) i admittedly the squats were basically small hairy bikers that was literally their <laughs> their entire i mean if if, if if each if each faction has a theme Wait, short hairy bikers so, is not a particularly strong are you theme saying to if i upon. went out to utah i could find real world squats <laughs> yes Travel, I mean, literally, traveling american highways <laughs> I, you know what in, in my mind i was literally thinking of a particular picture of a squat which is like this guy is bald he's got glasses on he's got this big scraggly beard and he's he's like standing next to this bike, and I'm like, you could literally see that in it, some very sort of rural parts oh, of. You could easily find that in the states. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but they had a land train, which was cool, and zeppelins, which is also cool. So mm. I had those, um, but I also had tyranids. I love. I'm I'm team team. I'm team nids mm. all the way. Team nids, um, because the tyranids, they, I think they 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 properly came like in their in the form that we now know them as, that sort of like, you know, mm. devourer of... They first came in for Epic. They they came as the Tyranids before they came into Warhammer 40,000. Before that, they were just that sort of weird sort of sort of bug monster things, but we're not entirely really sure what they are. It yeah. wasn't really until they came in for Epic they actually got their sort of redesign. They had those, uh, like, they're kind of thick at the bottom, but really tall at the top, weren't they? And lanky at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, are you describing these... Tyranids or, or like your, your favorite like <laughs> I've got some of those Tyranid miniatures because they uh they used to be based on squares, didn't they? Yes, like... they did, yeah, big squares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the entire Tyranid army was Termagants, Tyranid Warriors. There was a Khan effects as well. Uh, I'm and... gonna I'm gonna ask this question less rudely, but someone in chat asks, uh Dad, do you remember something called Tyranid Attack? Oh, for for Space Crusades. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you got you got the Tyranid model. And also, there was I remember there was what Games Workshop used to be far more risque. But I remember a story in one of the early White Dwarves where I think this was added, which was about these scouts on a Tyranid vessel. Like they kind of like infiltrate it and like try and sabotage it from within. The idea, the idea being that the Tyranids it's kind of like the Borg. The Tyranids are asleep until you prod them with a stick and then they wake up and stab you in the face but mm. the scouts were anyway this, this story was basically about how they find like naked human women on a tyranid spaceship and you're like that's a bit weird I but mean, then games workshop used to be very risque yeah, games on. workshop used to market very heavily to teenage boys yeah i mean yeah. remember the old demonet models uh, you remember models? remember 6th edition dark elves uh, which ah. fun story about fun story i actually had i had a six edi- had being the keyword past tense a sixth edition um or no i think it was seventh edition it was a seventh edition uh it was so the books are still paperback a seventh edition dark elves book and i i had a friend i was trying to get into warhammer and it's key to this story that he's mexican because 
he I, I lent him the Dark Elf book so he could like read over it, get into the lore, fall in love with the army and start buying minis and stuff. And he took it home and his his mother found it. And she just like, <laughs> she just like, when she found it, she just like went off on him. <laughs> because she was just like, this is a Catholic household. How dare you bring this, this like, was, this smut <laughs> into our home. <laughs> was that the one with the scary witch elf lady doing the shouty at the at the front yeah because yeah. even now that's seared yeah. into my brain so she got me through many a many yeah a cold so night. so so she thought it was like a halfway between like satanism pamphlet and porn uh she oh, literally burned it <laughs> it was burned i it was never returned to me and you know what i just didn't bring it up <laughs> i just i was like you know what that's that's a lost cause <laughs> i don't i'm uh let just don't tell her where you got it <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was actually gonna ask because um i remember reading a trilogy called the conrad trilogy and it's not the vampire it's yeah. it was a very early trilogy of books mm, i um, think that's uh the like the old demon one that's that's like one of the og yeah. black library yeah. trilogies yeah so i i think it was before they it was before they had black library um yeah, and yeah. Black. It, I think Black Library. Like, I think you could still buy it from them as like a, like a ebook or something because they've got some of like the really old books for sale. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember, I remember getting this book for my like eleven. I think I was eleven when I got it. I got it for Christmas. Um, I don't think my mother realized, but there's definitely a lot of sex in it. Particularly <laughs> a point in the second book where the main character sexes a a corn mutant lady to death. To which, death. <laughs> Death. Wow. <laughs> Got unstuck again. I mean, that is, yeah. Discord couldn't even handle that. That is, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I I also remember the. Um, I wouldn't suggest you actually read this trilogy because I remember the first book being very good, the second book being okay, and the third book basically forgetting that it was running out of pages until the last chapter, and then <laughs> like every GW series. <laughs> I mean, literally within the first, the last chapter, he he saves the emperor, falls down a big chasm, loses his best friend, and <laughs> finds out the thing that he's been trying to find what? out since the first book. Do, but do you not think in a he was like he was writing, and someone came in and was like, "Hey, they said no to a fourth book. You got to wrap this up." <laughs> it it, just it like, really oh, does feel like that. <laughs> like literally, he's getting the dead off. Shit, I better right, he saves the Emperor, then he's gonna go down to a big hole that happens to be there for some reason, and then he loses his best friend, because why not? And then um he finds his love eventually, and that's when we're gonna end the book. I don't really want to change it. You off, do so not I no, you do not get to pull the spoilers card. No. Like <laughs> not, no. Not that, don't worry, it's not that much of a spoiler because <laughs> it's not that very it's not that good of a book, to be honest. And if you if you if you if <laughs> If you were waiting for since the first book to find out if you found her, the answer is yes, but that's it. That's all he does. He just finds her, and then the book ends. So <laughs> there's no payoff. Wow, that's it. that is. I've read some atrocious stories, but that is that is a, like that's a whole nother. <laughs> a whole it's other a very GW though. That is very GW. Although, as I say, he does sex a corn mutant to death in the second book. So maybe read up to that point, and you know that'd be fine. Man, just... I've I have read some like bonkers fantasy books like like wizard's first rule and some other shit I, I i do not recall a story of someone literally sexing someone to death that is that has not happened in my repertoire <laughs> apparently i need well, to expand my horizons well, 
the earliest, earliest books that came out from like GW are bizarre. Yeah. Like, there's some things I can't even say on the stream because it will instantly get us all demonetized. Uh, it, was, it was the 80s. <laughs> and the there's 80s, the 80s were stuff. super edgy. Yeah. Like, like especially like, in the really fantasy edgy. sphere of things. Yeah, like the, the techless and Tyrion stuff, like, whoa. No. Yeah, there's, yeah. um... Yeah, it's it's very interesting reading, like, modern lore and people being like, oh, it's it's so grimdark. And it's like, no, 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 it's, like, it's thematically dark, but there's yeah. just some, like, 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 even just, like, reading the Malice Darkblade series can be, I think, a shock for people who have gotten used to, like, modern writing, like, modern Age of Sigmar or, like, late... Oops. Discord popped out for a sec. Yeah, it got stuck uh, again. Yeah, so like uh like reading Malice Darkblade for people who have like, I don't know, grew up with like fantasy from like seventh edition forward or like 40k. Like if you go back and read Malice Darkblade, there will be parts where you're like, whoa, like what in the hell is going on in this book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like I remember, oh god, there was it was like, one of the Tyrion novels. People think, it oh, it's such, a, it's such a meme that Morathy, like, screws Malekith. That's so dumb. Yeah, no, that's because it actually used to be canon. <laughs> like, yeah. That used to be a thing. Kate's mm -hmm. Workshop just at a point was like, you know what? Maybe Malekith doesn't need to be incestuous. Like, maybe we don't need that part. <laughs> that's half of his thing, though, isn't it? Well, they, One, they, he's, he's encasing armor. Two, he does the thing well, they, 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 they kind of sat there, and so, I think someone at Black Library finally went, if Malekith is encased in his armor, shouldn't that mean he can't take it off? No, no. There's a, a zip in the front. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, a zip. Opens up. Little, little key. It's somehow the only part that didn't get burned. But uh, yeah. yeah, so they like they literally address that in the, oh, the modern burned. Tyrion and Teclis trilogy. There's literally a part where Teclis is like talking about Malekith. And he says something along, they're, they're talking about Malekith. And he says something along the lines of like, well, at least like, if Malekith dies, like, the Dark Elves are, like, doomed to fall apart because Malekith literally can't have kids because he's sealed in his armor. Like, he's he's basically, like, he he can't reproduce. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got a point. Isn't one of the law points about the Dark Elves that, like, Malekith, like, half of the Malekith kids anyway because he's just... Yeah, because around. later on in A, he's married to... Because his wife stayed with him, didn't she? Or she went? She fled to Athalora. She leaves. She leaves pretty early in his. Yeah. Like, like way before he's like Malik. But Malekith never has any kids. Yeah, because Morath is instrumental in her death. Yeah. Because when the Wood Elves, when Ariel goes to deal with Morath, he he he's just like yeah. Go yeah, nuts. he's like yeah. I found out you killed my wife, so like you know, die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's got to be a nightmare for him, isn't it? I mean, he's surrounded by all those semi-naked ladies and he's like oh i can't do anything about it you know honestly the way they portray malika's personality it seems like he legitimately hit a point where he's just so bitter about everything i don't think he could get in the mood if he wanted to like <laughs> he's like he's like gone like here's depression he went past it to the point where he's just angry all the time now <laughs> that's a shame because the dark elves are the only elves that i actually like because they obviously have the goth girls. That and being said, no, nothing more than my type than a woman who looks said, like she's going to kill me. Yeah, Morathy is still a super big horn dog. Like that hasn't changed. She's still the leader of the culture pleasure. And Hellebron, yeah. like they gave us, they gave us Hellebron and um, uh, oh god, what's his name? The executioner special character, Taurus. Uh, uh, yeah, Taurus Dreadbringer. Those two 
are hilarious. Because Halibron's mm. whole thing is that she, like, she gets her, like, her age catches up with her every year until Blood Knight. So she turns into, like, this super ugly wizened old crone that's, like, barely able to move around and stuff. And then the new year starts for Death Knight. She gets super young. And the first thing she does, like, every single year is she bones Talaris immediately. <laughs> that's the first thing they do on Death Knight. He's a Chad. He deserves so hilarious. it. Yeah, Talaris is... I love Talaris. He's hilarious. He's a great character. He deserves it. Good on him. <laughs> like he, Great character. Definitely deserves that yeah, Death Knight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just see Talaris and you're just like, you earned this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Oh, God, if, God. if she's like, dude, it's, it's, I know it's a night before, but do you want to do it now? Or and he's like, <laughs> let's give it a night. Yeah. <laughs> After. Where everything is where it needs to be, right? Yeah, he's probably like, I, dude, I, like, I don't want, like, I, I don't know what's going to be left of you if we're, like, let's, <laughs> let's wait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that is a fascinating history uh the, my, my chat dubbed you a um uh uh venerable <laughs> venerable ancient <laughs> of, i feel of, it of, i feel of, it of, of the hobby community um, you know I'd, I'd love to get back into it as well my my brother gate oh, is it warbands the like the little uh underworlds know, AOS, yeah aos warhammer it, underworlds is it Underworlds? Oh, it's Warp. I, there was yeah, Warcry. Warcry. You, you Warcry. Collect... That's it. Oh, Warcry. Warcry. Okay. Yeah, that's Warcry. good too. So my my brother got the box set and he's given me the the not the armored guys, the other ones, the ones that have G strings, the big muscle G string men. Um, so I've got those in a box, and I keep thinking I need to get some paints and paint them again. And well, and, hey, I mean Warhammer: The Old World's coming out. Any time, any 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 year now, any month now. So, like, it's it's a good time. <laughs> it's it's just fine. The, the time iron's not hot yet, but it's heating up. It's heating up, especially because like Nathan Nathan's done a really good job of checking whenever they kind of release something really interesting for AOS. Any of the ones you would really expect to be backwards compatible with fantasy fit on fantasy bases. Like, yeah, I, like I, I think Games Workshop's been constantly. building up to this for a while. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to be honest, because obviously playing Total War Warhammer has has relighted my passion for... Oh, OGW. What should we do with this this fading IP of ours? Well, there's this really big video game about to come out. We better kill it. Yeah. <laughs> we better kill it, just, just to be safe. Just drown it underwater. <laughs> put the pillow over its face. There we go. It's literally like you murder a relative that, like, I don't know, hasn't been doing that well for a while, and then, like, literally a week later... Someone okay. comes by and it's like, "Hey, they won the lottery. They gotta, they gotta go pick up their check." Like, <laughs> they hear, "Oh, <laughs> oh no!" <laughs> Discord got stuck as soon as you said you murder a relative, and everything just goes silent. <laughs> um, but it's like, uh, oh, GW, what, a, what a legacy! Yeah, always, so always making just whack decisions. They're, they're clearly thinking like it's 2030 or something. You know, they're thinking ahead. Let's, let's fuck the fan base. And then when we bring back the setting, everyone will be happy again. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that really was the plan all along. Is they'll, they'll, like, they'll, be, they'll really want it back. Are they doing new Coke again? Is that basically what they're doing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's new Coke. Bring it back. 
here let, let's make sure we Whoa. make everyone so mad they sell or burn all their minis then they have to buy new minis well, there we go. The new, the new Coke fig. That, that their first post about it, their literal first post was uh, "Old World, New Warhammer." You know, it's like <laughs> you're right. They're just waiting until the model, like the model, drift out of the model economy, and then once once it's all out of there, they can then bring in the new. Hey, models did you again. sell those useless models uh, to collectors because you can't use them anymore? Yeah, you did. Okay, well, you could use them now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> All right, but we are we are out of time. We are way over time, actually. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was it was delightful to get to hear about all that. Uh, I mean, I thank you ever so much for inviting me. It's, it's yeah, been this really is a blast. This is great. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, have any big things? So, monsters abound on YouTube. Uh, yes. Uh, do you, any any place you'd like people where, where can people find you if they're looking to engage in more of your content learn more about you and all that stuff literally youtube that's i'm so lazy i don't <laughs> that's the best place to be honest go to no, youtube no, watch no, my videos no TikTok, no, <laughs> no instagram no, I, no. <laughs> i've done the odd dab and the odd floss but apart from that no it's just this TikTok Only is fans? too young for me. What do you mean you're not Only a fan? Yes, I, I, Nathan promised me you were a Fortnite streamer. Are you telling me that yeah. we did this whole show and you're not? <laughs> I've, I've got no. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I was no. Man, fake gamer indeed. My God. I know. <laughs> I only play strategy games like a nerd. All right, so monster monsters abound on YouTube. Abound. I will have a link to that uh, in the relevant places. Or if you're listening on, on the one of the podcast sites, you're an adult. You can look it up yourself. It's not that hard. Um, uh, <laughs> do you have anything uh, coming out this, uh, in the near future? Anything people should be on the lookout for? Nah, just I release videos every day. That's it. That's literally what I do is just play the game. And rather than do the talking in my head, which is what I normally do, I <laughs> verbalize it. That's that's all my videos are. They you know are for the lowest common hey, denominator. To, to be fair, though, a lot of people don't understand how actually fucking hard that is. <laughs> yeah. To like yeah. play a game and talk at the same time is actually genuinely difficult. I know, but, but you guys do like analysis. You think about things. You write scripts. I just go on and go. I can't yeah, remember yeah, what I was doing last time. Put, Let's move that guy over there. That we put over it so we can do yeah. this separately. <laughs> yeah, you can't put me on the spot. I panic, man. <laughs> Uh, Nathan, anything anything you got coming up over the next week? Uh, well, I've got to paint that Beastman character. Um, uh, oops, you know. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, there's, there's still a few embargoes to go. You know, the uh, the most important Chaos God is going to be showing what case soon. So. Yep. And if you're like, man, I'd love to know all the embargoes. Guess what? They're leaked on Reddit. You can look them up. It's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> so they got leaked like immediately. Instantly, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why CA just doesn't release it publicly because they might as well. Um, at least then it's intentional. Um, so um, that's great. There so you go. it's back. Okay. Um. Uh, so uh, great. That's awesome. Uh, obviously, uh, Total War Warhammer Two comes out in less than two weeks. Three. Uh, what? What? Warhammer Three. Oh, what did I say? Warhammer Two's been out for a while. No. No, they're re-releasing Warhammer 2. No one else gets Warhammer 3. Only we do. <laughs> Only the content creators. <laughs> oh, man, Discord is like... Yeah, we need to wrap happy, this. We need to wrap this up. Okay, so Discord's just like... Ah! Uh, okay, so... Um, uh, 
great to see you all. Thank you all so much for coming by. Total Warhammer 3 comes out soon. We'll have more stuff on it. Me and Nathan will be back next week. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have Dan on again sometime in the future. Uh, but uh, till next time, remember next week, character model is due for anyone that's participating in Tale 2 Gamers. Um, a good portion of the show will be dedicated to that next week. And we will see you all next time. Thanks so much for watching. Bye, guys.